This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Wednesday. And, uh... At some point in time during the stream tonight, I might have to run off camera. Because there's a cat in the ceiling right now. There there might be a cat fall through the ceiling at any minute. I have a cat in the ceiling. He's been he's been in the ceiling all day. His name is Maynard James Kitten. He has been in the ceiling. I did not know he was in the ceiling until until earlier. Uh, if, if the cats are allowed to go out to the basement, there is a way to get into the ceiling through the basement and the cats were allowed to go out to the basement and roam around. Uh, housemate thought that the cats had been rounded up and all cats had come back into the house, but Maynard had ventured into the ceiling. She, she found out that Maynard was in the ceiling when he fell through. He didn't, but he, he didn't fall all the way through. He just buckled a tile in the ceiling with his fat ass. But he didn't fall all the way through. He scurried away. I've been in there. I've talked to him. Also, by the way, I had like... I should have listened to the, after we changed locations and everything, I should have listened to the show, especially because, like, I do clip the show for YouTube, but, like, uh, earlier today I was I was listening to some of the clips uh, that I was putting on YouTube, and I'm like, my God, something is wrong with my microphone. So I refreshed everything, redid everything. My, my, my mic sounded crunchy. I'm like, that's not just my tinnitus. Like, that just, that sounds bad. So hopefully I have, I, like, I still hear it a little bit, but it feels like I, I feel like I've corrected it. Mostly. I don't, I don't know what is going on, but I feel like I'm back to my deep, smooth voice. It doesn't, it doesn't come across when I'm doing voiceover work. So it have to be something on the OBS and not with the microphone, the board, something like that. We got to troubleshoot this shit. I told you last night that I really wanted to find some nerds talk about what the the James Webb images are and explain the, that, that to us. That's going to be like the last 40 minutes of the stream tonight because NASA had exactly that today. They had a stream where a couple of nerds explained what was going on in those pictures. And I am very excited for that. Unfortunately... I've got pages and pages upon pages of news to cover before we get to the nerds explaining what's going on. I, I say nerd is a term of endearment, not as one as a put down, not as a pejorative. Thank you very much. Onwards to the news, Warlord says. First, you get your meme of the day. Oh my God, nobody wants to work anymore. This motherfucker right here, if you will notice, uh, for those of you who haven't seen the the post going around on social media, he has a Punisher logo as his lock screen, as he's cowering, cowering, back here behind the wall. 
Yeah, and I'm not high enough. I'm not high enough to deal with this shit. Oh my god, nobody wants to work anymore. So I'm very much looking forward to the NASA nerds. Once again, nerd as a term of endearment. Very much looking forward to them explaining to us what's going on with the pictures from the James Webb telescope. We've also got several stories, just crime stories that have fun video. I like watching video of crimes happening. There's a man in Philadelphia that wrestled a gun away from a would-be robber. Man tried to rob a Burger King and then rides away on a bicycle. Ooh, a Florida man. Very based, very based. Based Florida man sets fire to a police station. I wonder why he might want to do something like that. It's not like I have a story of a corrupt cop in Baltimore who was selling ghost guns to infamous motorcycle clubs because of course that's what cops do that's what cops do wait what slur did I use what what slur did I use I'm down a monitor so I wasn't like the notes weren't up on another side. I had to, I like, they were up instead of me seeing chat. Oh, nerds. Nerds. Fuck it, I'm a nerd. Maybe I'm a geek. I don't know. I don't fucking know. What's a, let's get a precising definition on the term nerd. Here in the U.S., they are a uh, fruity candy. I am a hippie. I am a hippie. I want a definition. Marion Webster defines nerd as a person devoted to intellectual, academic, or technical pursuits or interests. I do not I do not see that as a slander. I do not see that as a put down, a pejorative. I do not see that as a insult. person preoccupied with or devoted to a particular activity or field of interest. We're going to hear from the NASA nerds. I ran people off. I ran people off talking about nerds. It's the definition of a geek. I don't want the geek squad. Capitalism ruins everything. An unfashionable or socially inept person. I'd could possibly be a geek, a performer at a carnival or circus whose show consists of bizarre or grotesque act. They call me a shock jock. I am a geek. I am a geek. Still, Stream Elements hates me. It fucks everything up. I don't know what the fuck is up with Stream Elements. I don't know why it hates me so bad. Sky Comet, thank you for the resub. You are awesome. Keep to my own lane. I don't know what you mean by that, Warlord. This is my lane. I'm in my lane. There's nothing else that I could get on stream and talk about. Like, I'm fucking... 
I know about video games, but I don't know about them the way I know politics. I know about TV and movies and shit, but not the way I know politics. The news. Just happened to do the news. Just happened when I was like 20 years old. There was a radio station that had an opening for a news director. I became the news director for that radio station. And the radio station I used to work for that had fired me for getting a DUI while being caught with like fucking ecstasy, crack. I had all kinds of shit on me. Like guilty to a DUI. That's all, that's all that was. The radio station that fired me for that saw me be a news director at another radio station and said, you know what? He's pretty good at that. Let's get him to be the news director over here. That's And that's what happened. And now I do the news and your mom. <laughs> you live in sexual anarchy? I got caught. Okay, so the uh, Jordan Peterson video. The clip of Jordan Peterson from like Metal Gear and all the different video games. Fallout and shit. Like, Jordan Peterson fans are congregating on that clip on YouTube. Oh, this is this is my first segment. I don't I don't know why I didn't. We've got more shit to what what else are we talking about here tonight? Let me put your let me put your meme back up there. We're gonna that last night I I showed the clip of Josh Hawley on Fox News. I was hoping they would show the clip of him uh, with Professor Bridges, but I think we need to go back and watch that. Uh, a, uh, I've got another clip where Representative Andrew Clyde of Georgia asks a professor what a woman is. I think she's a professor. We're going to listen to Ben Shapiro rant about trans suicide rates. So, you know, that's going to be fun. Mike Lindell has big news for us. Mike Lindell has big news for us. A Colorado election official has been arrested. Another one in the scheme to tamper in the elections. Uh, Spoiler alert, they're Republicans and they were trying to cheat on behalf of Trump. Speaking of Colorado and Trumpists in Colorado... Representative Lauren Boebert's restaurant, her gun-themed restaurant, has closed down. We're also going to hear her comments on the concept of separation of church and state. I don't think she understands it. Remember the other day when I commented, I made a big deal about Sidney Powell and her big swig of Dr. Pepper she took? During the January 6th hearing, you, might, you guys might not have been here for the January 6th hearings. It was during the day. It was an odd time. I, I'm going to show you the infamous clip. It's now infamous because apparently everybody else was taken aback by her big swig of Dr. Pepper. Alex Jones's wife. Alex Jones's wife is now offering testimony to the January 6th committee. I guess ex-wife now? Estranged wife? I don't know what their situation is currently. They were going through divorce proceedings. I'm not sure where they're at in that process at this time.
Flash, uh, like, this was, like, in a small town. Um, we were coming from a house that was what you would call very hot. On, like, a Saturday night or something. Like, it was, it was, fucking, maybe it was Sunday night. You remember, this is fucking almost 20 years ago now. This would have been 2002. It was 20 years ago. God damn. God damn. Fuck, I'm getting old. Um... You know, you always, you always like, uh, when you're younger, you mock people that are, like, startled by the concept of time. But, like, it is a wild thing to realize. I like it just, like, cops are dicks in small towns. And, like, the circumstances, like, they weren't looking for us. Let me tell you. Uh, they weren't looking for us. They were looking for the people in front of us. But we got caught up in it. We just we just left that house at the wrong time, and I was stupid. Nineteen. They were they were they were looking for the people that were in front of us because apparently they were very uh, notorious. That's the word, notorious. Because that's what cops do. They just harass people. They don't actually go in and and uh, protect children in an active shooting. I don't know. I don't like the light. I'm going to change the light color. Let's see. Like, it looks red on me. Let's see if we can make it a different color here. Maybe I don't look good in the red. I don't look good in anything, to be honest with you. But red is definitely not my color. But it's not even red. It's pink over here. You can't even tell I have a lot on now. Wow, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to work this kind of shit out. What does green look like? Cool. I'm down with it. <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to work on this a little bit. I got arrested again, like almost uh, a year later. Uh, pretty much a year later. So, second offense, possession of marijuana. And that was a felony. Fleeing and evading. And that was a felony. That was the time I faced five to ten. So in my life, I've had a lot of like really wild things happen to me. <laughs> And I'm just like, it's the reason why I work so well in the broadcasting business because I keep my, I keep my cool under pressure. And I, like, I remember my mom freaking the fuck out, facing five to fucking 10 years in prison. And like, it, it didn't even fucking phase me. So, uh, we, 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 we go to the pretrial conference my friend who was with me in the car had already played it. Like, they charged him with uh, paraphernalia. That's all they charged him with. He played guilty and had to do, like, 10 hours of community service. So when I went to the pretrial hearing, I was, I was charged with fleeing and evading. But, like, their lights weren't... Like, I was at a complete stop when their lights came on. <laughs> like, I don't... 
I could totally understand how they might perceive me as fleeing from them. I look, <laughs> but their their lights weren't on. Like I was at a complete stop when their lights were on. But what had happened was. I'm going down this road. It's 55 all the way. I'm probably doing 60. Uh, we go through a little speed trap, and it drops it because it's like a two-lane road. It's out in the middle of farm country. You can see for miles and miles. Like I'm hours and hours away from where I live. And uh, it's out in farm country, and you can see for fucking miles and miles and miles. But like it goes, it go, it goes down to like 35 in this little podunk little town. And it was a, it was like a Friday fucking night. It was like eleven o'clock, eleven thirty or something. Like I think the cops even said they were getting ready to go home. So they, I saw them turn their lights on, and I'm from the mountains of Eastern Kentucky. So my first thought process was to take the next road because, like in the mountains of Eastern Kentucky, you just go up a holler and the the holler forks. And then it forks again, and then it forks again. So you just, you go, you go up the holler, and you take the fork, and the fork, and the fork, and you're like, cop ain't gonna, cop ain't gonna get you. So I take, like, the next, like, turn, and I'm like, oh, fuck, there's nowhere I can go. You can see for fucking miles and shit. So it's like a, a they say I took, almost took out the ass end of a giant pink elephant. It's near this army base, and they had these elephant statues that, like, helped soldiers walk back to the base being drunk or some shit but I just go and I pull over into the parking lot this gas station and then the cops just pull up behind me and they turn their lights on so like that's I tell my lawyer my, my, my parents dropped three four thousand dollars whatever the fuck it was for for a lawyer to represent me for one appearance I told the lawyer like I was parked like sitting there waiting on them before they ever even turned their lights on so I don't I don't know how I could be fleeing and evading. Uh, and as for the marijuana charge, my friend already pled guilty to paraphernalia. Everything was his. He'll, he'll say that. He'll testify. The cop, or I mean, the lawyer came back to me, and uh, instead of facing five to ten, it was speeding and careless driving. It was like a fucking $50 fine or some shit like that. It was all I had to pay. My friend that had to drive like seven, eight hours away and go down there and do community service for 10 hours felt that he got worse than I did. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I, th- I think he kind of did. But I think, he, I think he volunteered at like an animal shelter or something like that. He was allowed to do his time at an animal shelter. And you know, working with animals ain't bad. That's the that's the story of the second time I got arrested. There's a third time, and the third time is just complete fucking bullshit. I still can't believe I got arrested that time. And that was uh, my last year of college, the second time. So I'm like fucking 30, 31 or something. I'm coming back from doing comedy uh, with, a, with a girl that I was, you know... Uh, a friend, but like somewhat not 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 exactly platonic with, not to not to not totally platonic. You live in sexual anarchy, and we were going back 
to my apartment on the college campus and she had while she was up on stage like she had like gargled taken like a whole bottle of codeine cough syrup uh she had drank multiple beers <laughs> and uh I, I didn't have a license but also like i didn't feel like she could drive and once again it was one of those things where i was on the interstate it goes from 70 and I was probably doing 75 and it went down to like 55. Like I'm stone cold fucking sober. The cops know this. They fucking, they gave her a sobriety test and like let her, gave her the keys and everything. And I'm like, I'm amazed. I should just let her drive. Shit. <laughs> we, we would have gone, we would have gotten back to my apartment safely apparently. And I would have, I would have. Gotten to cuddle up with someone. We were gonna. I was gonna make dinner for us and everything after we had done stand up comedy at a club. You like a fucking uh, at a, in a town an hour away. Instead, my ass. And I'm wearing a shirt that says "Nuka Gay Well for Jesus." Shirt don't fit me no more. But like. So after he puts the handcuffs on me, he looks at me and goes, Dude, your fucking shirt. <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad you're laughing. A lot of uh, a lot of cops around here might not be laughing too much. <laughs> he was completely nice to me. He's like, Alright, we'll get you we'll get you back over there. She'll pay your pay your bill. You'll be in and out. No problem. Cause that's like bullshit. Like I got that shit thrown out, right? Like, like don't even have anything on my record from that. But I had to go and sit in a fucking jail cell, and she did indeed. She left money with the jailer, and the jailer fucking stole, stole like fucking fifty bucks. She left a hundred to cover everything, and he stole like fifty of it. So I had to call somebody else to come and bring more money. Was bullshit. And jail ain't no fun. I've only did it for a few hours, three on three different occasions. My God, after after the after the time when I was fucking nineteen, I thought it was never gonna happen to me again. But by that time, by that time, you know, I've written for newspapers. I've been the news director. I've been in courtrooms for fucking many, many, many times. But like, it was nothing to me. It was nothing. I got that shit thrown out. Debtor's prisons are real. You are exactly right. I'm lucky. I am lucky that the time when I was facing five to ten that it happened to like the fucking that my parents could afford a lawyer that was three or four grand. I am lucky that my parents were able that I'm I'm a, I'm a white dude didn't have this shit going on yet. Cash bail is fucking bullshit. And the two times that I had been, even though I was like seven hours away, I was still in Kentucky. The two times I went to jail was in Kentucky. We're in Kentucky. 
the second time was not in Kentucky, and I didn't I didn't know about like the whole you have to go through a bail bondsman thing. In Kentucky, at least at the time, you could put up your ten percent. And you got your fucking 10% back. I thought that that was the way it was in every state, right? So you put your 10% up with the jail. If you if you don't show up for your court date, you lose your 10%. You're on the hook for the whole caboodle. But in in other <laughs> in other states, you hire a bell bondsman, you don't get your 10 fucking percent back. The bell bondsman takes it. And it is a scam. I don't understand why it wouldn't work like in Kentucky, where if, if it still works, because once again, it was 20 fucking years ago. Put up your 10%. You're on the hook for the whole thing if you don't show back up. That makes perfect sense to me. And like, you know, my, my, my bond was like 10 grand and I had to put up like a, a grand or some shit like that. Oh, we've got so much news to talk about, so we should get to the news because we're going to do the James Webb thing at the end and that's like 30 or 40 minutes at least. But we're going to start off tonight talking about comments on my YouTube under the Jordan Peterson video. I'm very much looking for I'm very much looking forward to nerding out on the uh oh, if you haven't liked the video, maybe maybe you should go you should like this video right now. If you're watching on YouTube. Over here on my Jordan Peterson, it now has 473 views. You know, it had like 50 views the day I posted it. It now has 473 views. Jordan Peterson fans are are getting mad at me. This dude, Gallery of Strange. Wow, how about watching him? Memes that misrepresent his opinions seem like a nicely constructed little echo chamber for you. Like, dude, there's hours. There is there is video of me watching him on this channel. I've watched plenty of him. Literally on video on this very channel watching him. Maybe you should have watched more of me before misrepresenting my positions. But then again, you're a Peterson fan, so I assume self-reflection is kind of hard. Maybe, maybe you should clean your room. That's what the whole motherfucker's brand was built around. Clean your room means to... Tidy your house before you criticize others. Yet that's all Jordan Peterson uh, does. I love this dude. I wouldn't bother my dude. Anyone who feels they have to resort to insults won't be convinced of much. 
Who's who is resorting to insults? Are you talking about Jordan Peterson? Who is insulting people by calling them woke moralists and sons of bitches? Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. If anybody is going to cancel Justin, it's going to be my own goddamn chat. Our host, Justin, might just be one of those woke moralists. Upsetty woke moralist. How am I a woke moralist? How am I a woke moralist? Call or Discord in tonight and have a conversation. So when you criticize Jordan, it's mocking, but when he does it, it's slander. Silly woke moralist. I don't, I don't fucking understand. Like, the, the, if your, if your argument is like, I'm trying to, I'm lumping, I'm lumping a whole bunch of people together. Which one of them said that somewhere? This dude wanted to have a, con- a conversation about Metal Gear. Saying that Kojima warned about what's going on with the woke moralists. I'm like, the woke moralists have power and shit? I don't know what these people are talking about. I'm tired of it as well. But they are flooding, they are flooding my comments. This dude, what's absurd is that fucking beard... What beard? I have a Fu Manchu. This is a Fu Manchu. Or as I like to call it, a Fu Man freaking. But in honor of my Jordan Peterson video getting some views, I would like to watch. This is, this is like a video Jordan Peterson posted on BitChute just mere hours ago. Their their critique. Modernism. Their critique. See, it has it has two hundred and sixty four views. Published uh, twenty two hundred hours on July thirteenth. He published this today. It's postmodernism is a transformation of Marxism. Now, before we get started. With Jordan Peterson talking about postmodernism, you know what I like to do. I like to get a precising definition. What exactly is postmodernism? Postmodernism, also spelled postmodernism, <laughs> in Western philosophy, a late 20th century movement characterized by broad skepticism, subjecticism, or relativ- relativism, a general suspicion of reason, an acute sensitivity to the role of ideology in asserting and maintaining political and economic power. This article discusses postmodernism and philosophy for treatment of postmodernism in architecture. See the article Western Art. Why am I even reading that? Postmodernism and modern philosophy. Postmodernism is largely a reaction against the intellectual assumptions and values of the modern period in the history of Western philosophy, roughly the 17th through the 19th centuries. Indeed, many of the doctrines characteristically associated with postmodernism can fairly be described as the straightforward denial of general philosophical viewpoints that was taken for granted during the 18th century Enlightenment. 
though they were not unique to that period. The most important of these viewpoints are the following. There's an objective natural reality, a reality whose existence and properties are logically independent of human beings, of their minds, their societies, their social practices, or their investigative techniques. Postmodernists dismiss this idea as a kind of naive realism. Such reality as there is, according to postmodernists, is a conceptual construct, an artifact of scientific practice and language. This point also applies to the investigation of past events by historians and to the description of social institution structures or practices by social scientists. The descriptive and explanatory statements of scientists and historians can, in principle, be objectively true or false. The postmodern denial of this viewpoint, which follows from the rejection of an objective natural reality, is sometimes expressed by saying there is no such thing as truth. Through the use of reason and logic, and with more specialized tools provided by science and technology, human beings are likely to change themselves and their societies for the better. It is reasonable to expect that future societies will be more humane, more just, more enlightened, and more prosperous than they are now. Postmodernists deny this enlightenment faith in science and technology as instruments of human progress. Indeed, many postmodernists hold that the misguided or unguided pursuit of scientific and technological knowledge led to the development of technologies for killing on a massive scale in World War II. Some go so far as to say that science and technology, and even reason and logic, are inherently destructive and oppressive because they have been used by evil people, especially during the 20th century, to destroy and oppress others. The fourth point, and this is, this is the last one we're going to go into, and then we're going to watch the Jordan Peterson video. Reason and logic are universally valid i.e. their laws are the same for or apply equally to any thinker and any domain of, of knowledge. For postmodernists, reason and logic, too, are merely conceptual constructs and are therefore valid only within the established intellectual traditions in which they are used. Yes, this, this, this actual definition of postmodernists does not describe me in any way. I, I will certainly tell you that. Though, uh, that is exactly who Jordan Peterson is attacking. Up yours, postmodern woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Up yours, woke moralists. What's up, Pepe? We'll see who cancels who. So... All of you that have been uh, telling me that I need to watch uh, Jordan Peterson to understand him. Here, I'll I'll let I'll give him uh, I'll give him a chance right now. Words are as empty as your soul. Mankind ill needs a savior such as you. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. <laughs> I just played, uh, this, this is Rondo, isn't it? I just played Rondo not that long ago. You asked me to watch Jordan Peterson, let's watch Jordan Peterson. I, I 
went over the definition of a postmodernist to show you that Jordan Peterson has no idea what he's talking about. We talked a little bit about it. We did talk about it, didn't we? Now, hypothetically, it's an attitude of skepticism, irony towards rejection of grand narratives, ideologies, and universalism. Wait a minute, he's just reading the definition I just read. Of reason, human nature, social progress, absolute truth, and objective reality. It's predicated on the idea that the reason that you categorize, especially, that the reason that you categorize is to marginalize. You categorize to marginalize to obtain power. Powers wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. Is he saying, like, the the current, like, Democratic Party embodies this because, like, they accept that trans people are a thing? So they're rejecting truth! Is that is that what he's saying? Is that what he's saying? Um, there's other elements of postmodernism. One of them is that human nature is merely a social construct. I don't believe that at all. As far as I'm concerned, and this is a postmodern critique as but well. But I, I also don't feel that like human nature can be uh, defined by just one thing. It is a, a whole host of behaviors. Uh, you know, like it's the uh, state of nature argument. Like how would human, like absent human society and the influence of the pressures of human society having to, to go to work and, 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 and interact with other people. If you were just lounging around out by the river, how would you behave in, in nature absent social influences? And like, I, some people answer the question like, oh, you know, you would be, you know, a tyrant, like the, the, the strongest survive, or you would work together and like, the answer is all the above. Like you would, you would, you, like humans would behave in a whole host of different ways. And that's human nature. Well, pow. <laughs> well, I'm going to move the center to the margin and the margin to the centers. Why would you think that human nature is only a social construct? Well, here's why. It's because that means you could construct it any way you want to. That was a very common idea among this among the communists. You know, they, that's why Mao. No, 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 no. If you were, if you were to, to me, if you were probably representing the argument uh, that uh, human nature is a social construct, I would think the argument would be that um, we can't know how humans would behave outside of a a social society. Where we interact because of social pressures, you know, who like, if we existed in nature, me like whipping my dick out all the time would be, you know, acceptable. It is not socially acceptable. You see, you see, you see. There's there's trade-offs there. There's a different uh, uh, paradigm at play. Jordan Peters, like this motherfucker, is trying to do philosophy. He's never even taken like a, a 101 class. And and people people think he's fucking smart. You're talking about shit you have no business talking about. About Chinese history. That's why the Red Guard went around in China and tried to destroy everything, every element of China's history prior to approximately 1960. Right, that great culture, thousands and thousands of years old. As well, so you could bring in the new man. Well, what is the new man? What did the U.S. do in Iraq? We destroyed thousands and thousands of years of culture. The utopian person, you take your pick, but like I said, 
If you take a look at the corpses, you can pretty much figure out which of those two it was. So what's up with these people? These deconstructionists, these postmodernists, what are they up to exactly? What are they up to? First thing. Tell us, Jordan. They came about pretty much when Marxism was no longer credible, no longer tenable as an intellectual, a set of intellectual propositions. Now, and this motherfucker is like on video admitting like he's never even read Marx. You don't know what the fuck he's talking about. To think that you were wrong. So here's an example. I don't remember his name. He was the architect of the killing fields in Cambodia. It wasn't Paul Pot. It was one of his advisors. Unfortunately, I can't remember his name. He took his PhD. I'd say you can't remember a lot of shit, Benzo Brain. And he developed the thesis in the Sorbonne, Marxist thesis, that the cities were parasites on, on the land. You know, it's an extension of the whole bourgeoisie proletariat thing. The cities were full of bourgeois types, educated and educated parasites, essentially, who were doing nothing but stealing what was rightly the farmers. So when he came back to Cambodia, he put that into action and emptied out the cities and put all the intellectuals and the city dwellers either to death or to work, which generally resulted in death, and killed about one-sixth to one-quarter of the population. But he got his PhD from the Sorbonne. Man, you want to talk about somebody that fucked up Cambodia? You want to talk about the United States? Western leftist intellectuals were in facilitating the horrors of the 20th century. And it's not like we've learned anything since then. Quite the contrary. We've just gone underground. And that's what I see. That's what I see when I see postmodernism. So what happened was... He is a dumb person, smart man. Despite the affinity of Western intellectuals for Marxism, maybe because they weren't paid as much as bankers, let's say. If we're being cynical about it. Because I've often thought that if you paid sociologists as much as investment bankers, they'd be capitalists very rapidly. <laughs> well, which is also to say that you may underpay intellectuals. You, you, finally, you finally put and together you know, the, the Kermit thing. Like you, the it, it clicked. Is that as the universities have become corporatized and corrupted in a variety of ways, more and more of the professors are adjuncts, right? I think it's up to 30, 40, 50 percent. Battle of awesome. what is up? Tenure. They've got no job security and they're paid like $24,000 a year. It's not a good idea. If you're just joining us, it, that's exactly, oh my God, you're jealous of rich people. If you're just joining us, I got challenged to watch some Jordan Peterson by people that thought I was I was just misrepresenting Jordan Peterson. Got any Joe Rogan? Oh, no, 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 Joe Rogan. Uh, hold on. We, we can go to the actual news if you want to. Battle of Possum isn't going to like that, though. But we're gonna have, we're gonna have to go into the real shit because I'm I'm tired of Jordan Peterson. He did not support his claim in any way about how postmodernism was even connected to Marxism. <laughs> it's I 
Flash, oh my god, I don't want to do that. Like, yeah, like, getting into beef with people and, like, fucking doing the, doing the more, you know, not substantive videos. That's what fucking trends, but I don't want to do that. I want to do hard news. I want to educate people. I want to talk about things that matter. I mean, I'm going to try, I'm going to try mix it up and do like, you, you see the shit that gets clipped for YouTube. It's the more sensational shit that's going to get like, gets people riled up. It is the clips about Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro and Matt fucking Walsh. I don't know why Matt Walsh, Matt Walsh videos gets get people all fucking riled up. Refute, like refuting right wing narratives does matter. I agree, and also I have fun doing it. It's called the it's called the troll patrol. It's not called like the news patrol. So I mean, it fits it fits with the theme and everything. I just I prefer to be more substantive. I don't want to and like. The whole, like, beef with people and, like, Keffels is fighting with that Rose Monet or Molette or whatever the fuck her name is. I talked about her that one time. She went on with Vosh and, like, this is, like, a 21, 22-year-old, like, uh, trans girl and she's being, like, really reactionary centrist. It's, it's, it's fucking weird. And like she just doesn't have the the depth or experience to be able to talk about subjects fluently or or with any depth. And uh she just keeps beefing with people. <laughs> she she's she's trying to like beef with Vosh, tried to beef with Kevils and shit. And I'm just like, I'm not into that shit. I can't I don't wanna go and like beef with people. Try to like clout chase off of their off of their fans. I'll do panels. I'll go on some panels. That's the thing I'm gonna finally get around to doing. Now Polly said she was gonna start doing a panel maybe on Friday and Saturday. I'm like, I would totally do a Polly people panel. Someone who has always got to be, um, let's get a good precising definition for reactionary. Opposing political, social liberalization or reform. Reactionary attitudes towards women's rights. So, uh, her argument is that the Republicans aren't that bad. They're not going to take away, uh, trans rights. I called her a reactionary centrist because as the left reacts to the social climate and the actual legislation laws being passed, she reacts to that. And says, nah, guys, it's not that bad. And the thing that, like, made me laugh was she was like, if the Republicans become a dictatorship, the voters will vote them out. 
And like you fundamentally don't even know what those words mean. A trans person who is reactionary towards trans issues. That's what, that's, and that's how she's making her brand. She's trying to be a, and here's the thing. Here's the thing that that upsets me about that. Like she's trying to do like a shit lib thing right now. But if she gets into these online spaces, the algorithm, the 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 way uh, the rewards work on streaming platforms, YouTube and shit, it's gonna pull her right wing, and she's just gonna be another Blair White. <coughs> right wingers are morons. For those of you who don't know, Blair White is a far-right, nut-job, conservative trans woman who will tell you, I think she even said, I think she even said that she knew that she was trans at 11 or 12 or something like that, and then she's posted on, on Twitter that, like, 12-year-olds can't possibly know their gender. It's weird. It's fucking weird the shit she said. The money will indeed uh, pull you a certain direction. But also, like, it can't be that good. Like, the money can't be the way they fucking, or they're just all fucking greedy, and it could be a combination of both. The money can't be that fucking good. Because they all shill non-stop. That's all they fucking do is shill. I'm banking, I'm banking on if I can develop a really smart, engaged community. That like, I, I can sustain myself just because people will be loyal. And I'm not going to have to like shill all the fucking time. I don't want to have to shill. But uh, we're going to be right back after this commercial break. You may want to get your Fu Manchu face mask. The COVID's coming back. You get a new meme. I promise every time I come back from a commercial break, there will be a new meme. That's me. It's big old boobies. I like big old boobies. Who doesn't like big old boobies? Even gay guys love some big old boobies. So, big ol' boobies must be good, right? You live in sexual anarchy? Virgil wrong! What is going on? 
There ain't nothing like being like smothered in big old boobies. It is the greatest thing in the world. I'm here for sexual anarchy. Big old boobies. Oh shit, I'm not high enough for this shit. We gotta talk about the news. We are hour into this shit. We ain't even talked about the news yet. Not once, not once. I pulled up a story. We ain't got to it yet. I claim to be a new show. Five dead in four hours in shootings because, hey, hey, hey. It's just another day in mass shooting USA. Is that one a little too loud? Did that one fuck you guys up? Turn it down if I need to. Five men were killed in separate shootings that erupted on the streets of New York City during a violent four-hour streak, police said. The slayings occurred between 9 p.m. Tuesday and 1 a.m. on Wednesday, including three in the city's Brooklyn borough and two in the Bronx. No arrests have been announced in any of the homicides. The latest killings occurred just after 1 a.m. on Wednesday in the Fordham Heights neighborhood of the Bronx when police said two gunmen on dirt bikes fired... Two gunmen on dirt bikes. Hey, Drake, in terms of the news, no, this is the very first story. I have dicked around and talked about bullshit for the very first hour of the show. You came as I started reading the very first story. If you came for the news, some people come for the fuckery, other people come for the news. I'm try I try to balance the fuckery with the news. You don't consider the JP memes goofing around. <laughs> I'm sorry, my apolo- my apology. <laughs> Oh, the Joker. <laughs> oh, fucking shit. He, I, I, I have to hit a content warning before this, but also this is, this is, this is wild. This is wild. Hold on. Last night, on last night's show, do you remember on last night's show? We, uh, let me, let me, let me pull this up here real fast. On last night's show, we watched a segment from, uh, Fox and Friends. I think it was, it was it Fox and Friends? It could have been the five, it was like a Fox panel, something like that. But we watched a clip of them talk about a story of a 10-year-old being raped and having to go to Indiana for an abortion. I said that weird. Abortion. New developments in a story that's gained national attention since the Supreme Court overturned so this Roe is, versus Wade. This is what we watched last, li- last night. 
scrutiny. It's Kaylee the Maganini. story of a 10-year-old rape victim who was allegedly forced to travel across state lines from Ohio to Indiana to obtain an abortion. It first appeared in the Indianapolis Star on July 1st, and it cites a single source, a doctor. Quote, Dr. Caitlin Bernard, an Indianapolis obstetrician gynecologist, took a call from a colleague, a child abuse doctor in Ohio. Now this doctor had a 10-year-old patient in the office who was six weeks and three days pregnant. Could Bernard help? Indiana lawmakers are poised to further restrict or ban abortion in mere weeks. But for now, the procedure still is legal here. And so the girl soon was on her way to Indiana to Bernard's care. Outrage quickly swept across media outlets. It is hard to imagine anything more cruel, more disturbing than forcing a child, a 10-year-old, still playing with fidget toys and tablets, to carry her father or her brother's child to term, or forcing her to travel across state lines for an abortion. And yet... Here we are. Ohio as out, has outlawed abortion after six weeks, so the child will now have to travel to Indiana to get the procedure. And this case is putting the spotlight on America post Roe v. Wade. A 10-year-old rape victim, that is a child. Remember, this was based on a single source. Then President Biden, well, he pushed the story on Friday as he raged against Ohio's restrictive abortion law without seeking any evidence that the story was even true. This is some He hasn't heard a single thing about the case. We have the Ohio Attorney General, the Republican Attorney General, and local police and sheriffs, not a whisper anywhere. My office runs the state crime lab. Any case like this, you're going to have a rape kit. You're going to have biological evidence. You can't tell me, you can't tell me this isn't political for him to do this. DNA. There is no case request for analysis that looks anything like this. So Kellyanne, the Washington Post fact checker, woke up from his slumber and decided to fact check this one. Um, under Ohio law, a physician as a mandated reporter under Ohio revised code 2151421 would be required to report any known case of suspe suspected physical, sexual, or emotional abuse or neglect of a child. They contacted child service agencies across Ohio. Nothing. Attorney General, you just heard him. Nothing. Well, I certainly hope it's not true because the idea... So this is not the only media outlet. All the fog, like the Wall Street Journal, all the Rupert Murdoch, the New York Post. But I, pres I present to you today. Columbus police have arrested a 27-year-old man accused of raping and impregnating a 10-year-old girl. That girl's story has made it internationally. The headlines in the wake of the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade have been out there allowing Ohio's heartbeat bill to go into effect. And we thank you for joining us first at four. I'm Brad Johansson. I'm Jennifer Bullock. That 10-year-old traveled to Indiana to terminate her pregnancy. NBC4's Alan Henry has been digging into this case. And Alan, what do we know about it so far? Well, Jim, Brad, because this case involves a child victim, a lot of the details have been under wraps or are still unknown to protect the identity, privacy, and safety of that child. Here's what we do know. 27-year-old Gershon Fuentes appeared in court this morning facing a charge of rape, a first-degree felony. 
Columbus Police Detective Jeffrey Hoon testified, saying the case was referred to him by Franklin County Children's Services. The investigation started on June 22nd, with detectives meeting with the pregnant child and her mother. Two days later, on the 24th, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Detective Hoon says on the 29th, the girl received a consultation and on the 30th aborted her pregnancy in Indianapolis. The detective went on to say that the, quote, product of conception was now in CPD custody. Yesterday, detectives said they issued a search warrant on Gershon Fuentes, collected a DNA sample from him, and are now waiting to see the results. Now, prosecutors had sought no all these right-wing assholes in the country illegally and the severity of the crime. His lawyer, however, said he had no record and cited his seven years in the community working at a Dublin cafe. Fuentes was given a two million dollar bond, and if convicted, prosecutors say he could face life in prison. Jen Allen, thank you. Wow, Fox News talking about Nancy Pelosi's husband's DUI. Sounds about right. That sounds about right. Today, a day of mourning for Jalen Walker, the man that was shot over 60 times. Could be as 90 possibly times. A citywide day of mourning in honor of the funeral for Jalen Walker. He was shot so many fucking times that they don't exactly know. It's somewhere between 60 and 90. God damn. Walker was shot and killed by police after speeding off from a traffic stop. Police say he fired a shot from the car as they pursued him and then left the car and tried to run. Body camera video shows multiple officers firing at him when they say Walker appeared to turn toward them. The preliminary medical report showed more than 60 wounds on his body. And police say they found a gun in the car, but that Walker, when he was shot, was unarmed. His death prompted weeks of protests across the city. Officials are now calling for peaceful protests and healing throughout the community. Officers involved in that shooting are on... These, these people aren't normally activists, but I do want to point out... And I want to bring in ABC's... Uh, when you are when you are protesting, it is the left arm. Use your left arm, left fist. Left fist is justice. Mola Lenghi, from more on this, uh, Mola, what can we expect from this day of mourning in Akron? What what are they hoping will come of this? Well, I think first and foremost, they're hoping for peace. They're hoping for calm. Uh, they're hoping for uh, a bit of quiet and and, and some reflection. Uh, with regards to, to Jalen Walker. No peace, uh, as you no calm. Citywide mourning uh, has been put in place. The city council uh, voted that in uh, earlier this week uh, in the hopes of, uh, again, having folks, having the community uh, reflect after, especially after weeks and weeks uh, of protests here. The funeral happening uh, about a block away behind me there in the Civic Theater, uh, open to the public, not open to uh, media cameras, the family trying to keep some semblance uh, of privacy, but they have opened up uh, the funeral to the public, uh, and the city obviously also uh, involved in uh, in some of the logistics and, and the planning. So, uh, a relatively big turnout is uh, expected, uh, and uh, it's pretty fitting considering uh, the shooting has been a very public spectacle. The aftermath of this incident has been a very public spectacle. Uh, you know, na- making national headlines, uh, and so the family uh, feeling the need to open up the doors. 
uh, to the public and, and welcome them in. Uh, as, again, after weeks and weeks uh, of protests and demonstrations uh, in these city streets, demonstrations that will likely continue uh, over the next I'm few I'm not high enough weeks. for this shit. Uh, now the family no has, justice, uh, no peace. There we go. That, about, that was like, what I was trying to think of, Ray. Thank you. Person, had no Snicks, by the way, welcome. He owned a gun. Um, so what's the latest on that, and what's the key message the family's trying to get out on this day that's dedicated to mourning his death and celebrating his life? Yeah, still a lot of questions uh, from the family, from uh, members of the community. Uh, they have been pushing the messaging that of who Jalen was, what kind of personality he was, what kind of background he was, what kind of guy he was. And, and we're hearing a lot of those same things that you just mentioned. Uh, that he and as of right now, like I know of nothing, nothing that warranted his death at the hands of police. Nothing, nothing at all. He had no criminal record as far as I'm aware of. All the cops have is, oh, he shot at us. And supposedly there's a video that shows the muzzle flash. Doubt, doubt, doubt. I don't even I don't even know if I believe that the gun they recovered was his because I've I have seen video of cops planting guns. So that's 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 my take on it. That's my take on it. He was uh, a nonviolent person. That he was a peaceful person. That uh, nobody would have expected. Uh, these sort of things from him, that he didn't have a criminal record, that this was completely out of character. Out of character is a phrase that we've we've heard the family uh, often say here over the last few weeks. He's just been having a mental point, breakdown. Why this happened, how it happened, uh, and, and more than anything else, the family is asking why police felt the need to fire as many shots as they did when shooting at Jalen Walker. So, Mola, what's next for this investigation and for those officers now on leave? Yeah, those eight officers are still on paid administrative leave uh, pending the outcome of this investigation into the incident. That investigation uh, being handled uh, out of agency by a, by, a, by a separate agency, an independent agency. That's the Ohio Bureau of Investigation under the supervision of the attorney general. Uh, and so that is going to be a, a very thorough, meticulous investigation, uh, asking every single officer uh, you know exactly what happened, how they saw uh, and how they perceived Jalen Walker to be a threat. Police chief uh, saying about a week ago that each officer has to account for every single bullet that he they handcuffed him uh, in that shooting uh, a few weeks ago. So we are expecting that investigation uh, hopefully over the next sometime over. When the medical examiner arrived on the scene. He had been shot over 60 times, and he was handcuffed. The next few days uh, or few weeks uh, to try to shed some light uh, exactly on what happened and if these officers will be held to account in any way. All right, Mola Lange in Akron, Ohio for us. Thank you. They should be. Hi, everybody. And as I've said many times, they should face double the maximum uh Double the mandatory minimum of whatever a civilian is facing. Cops should be held to a higher standard. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe we need to uh, take a cue from other countries. Sri Lanka, 
Uh, PM tells military to do whatever is necessary to restore order. Sri Lanka's P, uh, Prime Minister Ranil Wickishming. God damn it. Wickmissinghe. Wickmissinghe. Rickrimasinghe. Rickrimasinghe. I think I might be close there. Ranil Wickrimasinghe. Oh boy. Has told the military to do whatever is necessary to restore order after protesters stormed his office on Wednesday. Mr. Wickrimasinghe. Mr. Wickrimasinghe has been appointed acting president by President Gotabaye Rajapaska, who has fled the country. When we last checked in on him, he was trying to flee the country, but had not yet fled the country. But the decision to leave him in charge triggered further protests, demanding that the prime minister must also go. Sri Lanka has been suffering from its worst economic crisis in decades. Many blame the Rajapaska administration for the crisis and see Mr. Uh, Wickerimashinge, who became prime minister in May, as part of the problem. On Wednesday, for the second time in less than a week, protesters broke into a highly secure state building. This time, it was the prime minister's office. I think we have some video of it. protest. And the policies seemed very shit Flash taxes give business incentives. And apparently it crashed their economy. The right-wingers are blaming it on uh, they had a mandate to switch uh, to natural pesticides or some shit like that. That's what the right-wingers are blaming it on. Not the not the extreme tax policy. Not the extreme corporatist tax policy. In a television address, Mr. Wickamishinge called on protesters to leave his occupied office and other state buildings and to cooperate with authorities. We can't tear up our constitution. We can't allow fascists to take over. We must end this fascist threat to democracy. But asked whether the prime minister's statement was an indication that the army might take control, a human rights lawyer in Colombo, uh, Brahamva Fosica, told the BBC's World at One that Sri Lanka doesn't have a history where militaries played an active role in politics or government, unlike some of the other countries in the neighborhood. We've had a very robust democracy and has been elected representatives in that role. 
but we are also in an unprecedented situation, so anything is possible. Outside of the president's office, the BBC's Tessa Wong said armed soldiers stood by impassively watching the protesters celebrate inside the office. Demonstrators ignored the prime minister's calls for the office to be emptied. Meanwhile, uh, over in the UK, uh, things aren't going too well for Boris Johnson, apparently. He was heckled during uh, Prime Minister's question, which is quite, which is quite uh, frequent in Prime Minister's questions. They... They're a lot more fun with their uh, hearings than we are here in the U.S., but apparently uh, somebody got a little too out of hand today. Shut up a minute. This is for... I will not tolerate such behavior. Why? Why is it this still seems like like a Monty Python sketch to me? Why? Why are you British people so funny? <laughs> I will not tolerate what such boulder dash. What's he gonna say? What's he gonna say? Yeah. I not tolerate such behavior. I'm sorry. But if you stand again, I will order you out. Make your mind up. Either shut up and get out. I warn the honourable member that if things protest in Curling to Shut up a minute. Shut up a minute. Does somebody want to at once. Honestly, do you guys want to just watch all the Prime Minister's questions? I'll go pull it up. We'll watch Prime Minister's questions. Fuck the news. We'll do we'll we'll watch an hour of Boris Johnson just getting reamed in UK Parliament. That'd be a lot of fun. I will not tolerate such public hawk. The next thing's protesting coming I'm just shut up a minute. Does somebody want to <clears throat> To what want? What's the name? Neil Hamby. I order! Shut up. Shh! Neil Hamby, I am now naming you and Kenny McCaskill to leave this chamber. Sergeant, deal with them. Deal with them. Wherever <coughs> he kicked them out. Out! No, Sergeant at arms, escort them out. Get them out, Sergeant. Get them out. Get them out. Get them out. Prime Minister will no go to Robin Miller. Mrs. Speaker, from tomorrow, the first instalment of the cost of living payment will start landing in the bank accounts of 8 million households across the country. Thanks for watching our well, thank YouTube you, Boris. Are you going to miss Boris time. Johnson, Warlord? Are you going to miss old Boris? You seem to have a fondness for him.
Unlike over here in the U.S. where uh, we don't really have a fondness for Biden. Biden landed in Israel for his first visit to the region as president. President Biden landed in Israel on Wednesday for the start of his first trip to the region since taking office. The trip is aimed at showing the Israeli people that Biden cares deeply about the Jewish state and its security, as well as reassuring. Sorry, I got into I got into the like the mocking tone here, uh, as well as reassuring the Palestinians of his administration's support. Officials have said, but the more important and controversial stop on his trip will be uh, his visit to Saudi Arabia, where he will meet with Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Somebody start a poll. Do you think Biden is going to touch the orb? Somebody, warlord, make that poll. Will Biden touch the orb? Upon landing in Tel Aviv, Biden was greeted by Yar Lapid, who became acting prime minister less than two weeks ago after the coalition government collapsed and new elections were called. Israel is in the midst of its fifth election campaign in less than four years. We will discuss building a new security and economy architecture with the nations of the Middle East following the Abraham Accords and the achievements of the Negev Summit. Lapid said at the welcoming ceremony, we will discuss the need to renew a strong global uh, global coalition that will stop the Iranian nuclear program. Biden said that even though he knows it won't happen in the near future, we will discuss my support for a two-state solution as well as work on increasing Israel's integration in the region. On Thursday, Biden and Lapid will have a working meeting before holding a virtual summit with Emirati President Shaikh Mohammed bin Zayed and Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi that will focus on food security. During his talk with Israeli officials, Biden is expected to discuss Iran, the normalization process between Israel and its Arab neighbors, and the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The thing that they're actually focusing on is trying to bring Israel to the table with their with with our other business daddy the Saudis this is a step towards Saudi Israel normalization I I don't under like the Saudis and Israel have a lot in common I don't see why they don't get along steps toward normalizing relations between Saudi Arabia and Israel hold on do I get a vote in the poll hold on is it already ended <laughs> what, in the, what in the fuck is that shit? Yes or Trump bad? Trump is bad. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that, that uh Biden isn't gonna touch the orb. That's what I'm wondering. Is he going to touch the orb? Steps towards normalizing relations between Saudi Arabia and Israel are expected to be announced over the weekend after President Biden meets in Jeddah with Saudi King Salman and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Prince Bonesaw Sparkles uh, has a crush on Prince Bonesaw. 
The White House wants to discuss a roadmap for normalization between the countries during Biden's visit to the region. Biden's visit will reset his administration's relations with the Gulf King and Kingdom and is seen as diplomatically and politically sensitive. Tones, good evening. Welcome. We were just discussing the implications of Biden's visit to the Middle East, but the more, the, the more juicy tidbit, the thing that uh, the thing that you would make a video about for YouTube, not the not the news, not the hard news. Well, we turn the, now the, to President Biden's historic trip to the Middle East. His first stop is Israel, a country he's previously visited. I, I, I don't I don't I don't think this is a, the actual story. A member of the U.S. Secret Service was sent back to the United States from Israel on Monday after he was allegedly involved in a physical encounter in Jerusalem. He was briefly detained by Israeli police. We pay for that country. Our Secret Service agents should probably be able to do whatever the fuck they want. Hey, Justin. Are you trolling? I don't know, maybe. A Secret Service spokesman on Wednesday said in a statement to CBS News that the agency was informed of the encounter late on Monday and the agent who was working in Israel was briefly detained and questioned by Israeli police who released him without charges. What Did he look Palestinian? Huh, Israel, huh? A male off-duty Secret Service agent was with other agents on Monday night at a Jerusalem bar. A woman at the bar interacted with the agent and an argument ensued. Oh. oh. During the altercation, the agent shoved the woman. Oh, maybe he was a piece of shit. The woman involved was not injured, the sources said, but she called the Israeli police to report the agent. Israeli police took the agent into custody and notified the U.S. Embassy in Israel. Well, if he's if he's going around pushing a woman, I'm not into it. I'm sorry I didn't do that earlier. I didn't notice it. I didn't notice, guys. I'll try I'll try to adjust the text. Remind me in the chat. Like, hey, adjust the text. Make it make it look better. The agent involved was a member of the counter assault team, a heavy weapons tactical unit of Secret Service that assists the Presidential Protection Division, according to a source familiar with the matter. The counter assault team is usually deployed ahead of high profile presidential trips. I don't know, that's probably not too good. Also, something that's not too good and kind of signals our descent into fascism. An Australian woman was detained by a U.S. border official who asked if she had recently had an abortion. Madeline Gourley was traveling to Canada where she planned to house sit. A U.S. border officer asked Gourley, if she had recently had an abortion, Gourley told The Guardian Australia she was treated like a criminal by U.S. Customs and Border Protection. The Guardian Australia reported that Madeline Gurley was traveling from Australia to Canada where she planned to house and cat sit in exchange for free accommodations. 
Gourley has a travel blog where she documents her cat-sitting excursions. That sounds neat. I'm serious. That might seem like I was mocking, but like, that sounds fucking neat. The 30-year-old told the Guardian, and now I'm wondering, is this story planted? Do you have an agent, ma'am? What's going on here? What's going on? I'm skeptical of the media. I'm always skeptical of the media. (laughs) Arby is still indeed 12 minutes behind. Uh, After being photographed, patted down, interrogated twice, Gourley was asked whether she was pregnant. As she moved from one detention room to the next, she was asked again by an agent if she was pregnant. When she said she wasn't, she was asked whether she had had an abortion. I don't know if she had forgotten or she wanted to work out if I was lying or something. She told the Guardian Australia, I said no, and she looked at me again and she said, have you recently had an abortion? I don't know the thought process behind that, Gourley said. I just thought, what's the relevance of that to my situation? The spokesperson for U.S. Customs and Border uh, Protection told The Guardian that the organization took allegations of unprofessional behavior seriously. Doubt. CPB has standard procedures for handling allegations of misconduct. If we confirm employee misconduct, we will take firm and appropriate action to correct the situation. Yeah, just traveling to different countries and and cat-sitting and house-sitting. That does indeed sound cool. Gourley was deported to Australia for breaching conditions of the program. Oh, well, wait a minute. I, I skipped something. Gourley was flying through the U.S. to Canada on a visa, a, a, a visa, a visa waiver program. The program allows citizens of certain countries, such as Australia, to travel to the United States for tourism or business for stays of 90 days or less without obtaining a visa. Gourley was flying through the U.S. to Canada on, oh, Gourley was deported to Australia for breaching conditions of the program. A spokesperson for U.S. They, they sent her back to Australia. Fuck off. A spokesperson for the U.S. Customs and Border Protection said the visa... The visa waiver program... prohibits applicants from engaging in any type of employment or to get compensation for services rendered according to the program house sitting for free accommodations falls under this rule what it's not even in your country bitch it is it is a transaction that has nothing to do with you yeah yeah okay so we're reading a piece from business insider and madeline gorley had previously freelanced for business insider so this is a little sus this is a little sus so take that with a grain of salt what you don't want to take with a grain of salt was today's market numbers higher than expected what was inflation? Yeah, 9.1%. 9.1% inflation. Yeah, and look, what I'm afraid is that we're about to wind ourselves back up. You'll remember, we, we talked when we were in the middle of, of the currency wars, 
and everybody oh i'll get wind up dude was devaluing and trying to kind of export their way out of any problems that that they were having you would think that when the u.s is having high inflation the dollar would be going down but the dollar's going up. 9.1% percent kind of price gouging. That is exactly right. Because the world is recognizing, well, maybe the U.S. is going to try to confront this. So Fed and, and the interest rates in the U.S. are going to confront this problem perhaps faster than it's happening in the rest of the world. But I'm afraid that over the next year, if we stay on this path, we're going to wind ourselves back up into a kind of a trade war scenario where it's where it's this quiet currency war and other countries try to export their out of their problems and kind of send the problems on to the U.S. Carlos, uh, what, how should we be reacting? If the dollar gets too strong and we're already slowing down, then, then you got all the currency headwinds and, our, it, you know, it, it, it's it another thing that fucks Sri Lanka is that the country. dollar was too strong against their currency. I've I've not checked to see if a cat has busted through the ceiling. It could happen at any uh, moment. And and uh, obviously keep going east of there. For sure. And and you know as as economies, emerging economies, developing economies, as they devalue, that's not a good thing for them. They may be able to export more, um, but imports cost more. Devaluations are typically a sign of coming inflation. So uh, this right meeting now, will end in ten minutes. Carlos Gutierrez, you're you're so, on a time frame here. Um, similar, and the U.S. going up, but uh, emerging markets are not going to fare where heal. This is not this is not a good story. Uh, devaluing your currency just going to cause inflation. Oh no, the pandemic's getting ready to rear up again. Spiral, and it's easier for them to hit a higher rate of inflation. Rear up. Austin, who do we rely on to, to help with this? Just the Fed? What what can what could fiscal what can the Biden administration do? Yeah, that's I I've been saying I don't think there's a lot they can do. And if you were kind of in the mindset that it's fiscal stimulus that caused this, it, it, the timing doesn't really work because the fiscal stimulus, as you know, is totally winding off. So. Everything matters is kind of the it's, delta from last year. It has year. not been a thing last for year we well a over plus, a year. Now this year we're, we're having a big minus. So I think the Fed's got to act, but for whatever component in your one-third, one-third, and one-half yeah. attribution, <laughs> yeah. whatever component is coming from the supply side, if you get supply shocks, there's nothing the Fed can do. So the Fed's going to raise interest rates to try to slow I am the, too high to listen one to this thing guy. that it can control, which is demand for interest rate sensitive sectors. But what if that's not what's causing the inflation? Then they can slow that down, but that generates a stagflation. Tones is over here living in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? Environment. So I think this CPI number today is really going to sober the Fed up. You never want to conclude too much from just one month. But if we get several months like that where the core inflation is not coming down at all, and if anything is going up, the Fed, they're, they're going to they're gonna be trying to contact the tarot card readers. And we got to go get the ghost of Paul Volcker on this. I will give you that, Drake. Of, of the people we've watched, what, like four or five financial people? 
over the last couple of nights, and like he was probably the most informed. Good God, did Drim Kramer not know fuck about anything? <laughs> uh, here's something for you: the Democrats are threatening to revolt over rich people not getting a tax cut. Some House Democrats threatened to revolt against a mansion-approved spending plan if a tax cut for the rich isn't included. Representative Josh Gottheimer is leading a group of Democrats who want to include a tax cut in any spending deal. But Manchin doesn't seem inclined to bring back a tax cut break for high-income residents of high-tax states and cities. For once we're on Manchin's side, it poses a new obstacle for any spending plan that Dems want to revive by August. He's also, he's putting the kibosh on anything except like a Medicare negotiation of prescription drugs. That's like the only thing he wants to do in any spending bill. Some House Democrats are threatening to oppose a possible spending deal that revives pieces of President Joe Biden's agenda if it doesn't restore a tax cut that largely benefits the wealthy. The nascent imbroglio. 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 There's bound to be more to it, Flash. There's bound to be more to it. Did we step into Bizarro World? There's bound to be more to it. Imbroglio. Imbroglio. An extremely confused, complicated, or embarrassing... An an extremely confused, complicated, or embarrassing situation. I might be too high for this shit. Imbroglio. Imbroglio. An extremely confused, complicated, or embarrassing situation. That's going to be the name of the podcast tonight, Imbroglio. (laughs) Perhaps perhaps from now on, I'm just going to name the podcast episode like the word of the day. Something that I look up during the show. The nascent Imbroglio deals with the rollback of a $10,000 cap on state and local taxes that taxpayers are able to deduct from their federal bill known as SALT. Taxpayers used to have unlimited deductions before the new cap was established in the 2017 Republican tax law. The House approved Build Back Better bill that later died in the Senate raised the deduction limit to 80000 a measure with outsized benefits to richer taxpayers. As negotiations to revive a slimmer spending bill with Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia appear to gain steam, some House Democrats want to ensure that that is included. As I've consistently said, if there are any changes to the tax code that affects families in my district, then restoring salt must be part of it. No salt, no dice. Representative Josh Gottheimer of New Jersey, quite possibly the shittiest Democrat. But then there's a lot of shitty Democrats. The Trump presidency was embroiled in a imbroglio. That's what Gottheimer said in a statement first reported by Punchbowl News. Representative Tom Suzuzu of uh, Suzu, Suzu. 
of New York, another House Democrat, backed up Gottheimer and said, no salt, no deal. Spokesperson for Nancy Pelosi didn't immediately return a request for comment. Fuck those dudes. (laughs) Fuck those dudes. I'm not into it. Oh, you want to you wanna step into Bizarro World? Let's give another Republican credit. I say another Republican as if Manchin's a Republican. Republican Senator Richard Burr slams U.S. monkeypox response. Senator Richard Burr says U.S. is failing at controlling the spread. Testing bottlenecks, sluggish vaccine rollout among his concerns. I will also give him props that he was the same way about uh, COVID. So he actually took it seriously. We're reading from the from Bloomberg News. A fierce critic of the U.S. COVID-19 strategy, Republican Senator Richard Burr condemned the Biden administration's response to the outbreak of monkeypox virus and called again for the creation of a new government office to deal specifically with pandemics. The United States is once again significantly behind the curve, failing to learn from the devastating effects of COVID-19 and other recent infectious uh, disease threats like Ebola and Zika. This is what Burr said Wednesday in a letter to Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becara that was obtained by Bloomberg. Burr led Republicans in criticizing the White House's request for additional funds for vaccines and therapies against the pandemic, which continues to kill hundreds of Americans. Spread mainly via close contact with an infected person, monkeypox has infected more than 900 people in the U.S. Most of them are men who have sex with other men, which nothing is wrong with that. I am a man who has sex with other men. You live in sexual anarchy? It can happen to anybody. And like, I've been upset about the stigmatism, but I mean, it has been spread uh, not exclusively, but widely throughout the gay community. Spread mainly via close contact with an infected person. Monkeypox has infected more than 900 people. There have been no reported deaths. The three-term North Carolina senator called the U.S. response to monkeypox a threat to public health especially for gay and bisexual men who are at highest risk. A Republican doing the right thing. And I give them props when they do the right thing. Over on Fox News, Jonathan Turley, their legal analyst, there were some reports finally, that simply only was not. Finally said something that was right. Uh, the last few times I've watched him, I've been like, dude, have you have you lost your goddamn mind? But here he calls the testimony devastating. There were some reports that simply only was not specifically asked about sorry, should contradictions that he had with other witnesses. Uh, but he was trying to keep that careful line. Now, it's still damaging. The The account of that 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 meeting in the office is really breathtaking. It's very disturbing. Uh, yeah, at one point, there was a suggestion that there might be fisticuffs. It was almost <laughs> like Dr. Strangelove and the president saying there's no fighting in the war room. It was just a bizarre <laughs> moment. Uh, 
of uh, you're in the Oval Office and people seem to be actually chest pounding. Uh, so this is very disturbing. All of these details should disturb everyone. They should. They should disturb everyone. And the most disturbing detail is Sidney Powell and her Dr. Pepper. That was the thing that struck me during the January 6th hearing on Tuesday. Yesterday. That was yesterday. I don't know if I can do anything to, to fix this one. Sidney Powell's huge swig of Diet Dr. Pepper during January 6th testimony becomes a meme. Special thank you to Sidney Powell for single-handedly ruining Diet, Diet Dr. Pepper. Particularly about the FISA finding and the terms of 13848 that apparently nobody else had bothered to inform him of. This woman is completely fucking delusional. First of all, the thing that struck me was her outfit. I love it. I love the outfit. Her glasses match her shirt. I mean, like, who am I to talk about? Bandana matches my shirt. And she, she's got like, fucking, is that leopard print? Tiger print? Fucking, and her glasses are tiger print. But like, she slams that Dr. Pepper. She still believes. She is a true believer. She believes every bit of bullshit she is telling us. She thinks she's some sort of, uh, uh, legal giant. <laughs> That she that she reigns in the legal field, and that when she like didn't know about the one two seven five four three, blah blah blah, slams that fucking Dr Pepper. Particularly about the FISA finding and the terms of one three eight four eight that apparently nobody else had bothered to inform him of. Boom. She thinks she owned everybody. She believes it. Whether you're free or incarcerated, you deserve Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Oh, fucking shit. That gif is amazing. I like it a lot. This is not her slamming the Dr. Pepper. Oh, fucking shit. When you get both your medical and legal advice from Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Oh, goddamn. That one was good. That was good. No, no, seriously. This this is a really serious thing that we we really got to talk about. There's real news coming. A former White House aide says Mark Meadows told her not to quit after the 2020 election because Trump wasn't leaving the office. Alyssa Farah Griffin, a Trump-era White House official, discussed the January 6th hearings on CNN. Uh, do we do we have the actual hearings? I mean, do we have the... the Maybe interview? you can help me. Yeah, I keep turning no, to you. Are people Were people really that shocked that they were in a moment shit. like we saw Cipollone talking about? 
Well, a couple things. So um, I left December 4th and part of my rationale, I mean, I, I had a sense things were going to go a very dark route. But after the president didn't remain in Mar-a-Lago after Thanksgiving, there was a sense in the White House if he's just going to kind of stay down there and never come back and he's going to accept the results. When he decided to stay in Washington and not go down there, Buddy, that, Christmas, been cool. that was a sense to many of like, no, 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 he's going to yeah, fight narrator. this out. He was coming back. And, and one thing I noted when we were offset is we know about this 18th meeting. We know that Sidney Powell, Michael Flynn, who does not his refuses to say he believes in a peaceful transition of power, were in the Oval Office and then the yellow oval in the residence, who waived them, which is meaning putting them through security to get onto White House grounds. We don't even have that answer right now. I suspect it was Mark Meadows. And I say that because I can tell you before I resigned, I said, sir, I'm planning to move on. I want to put in my notice. And he said to me, what if I could tell you that we're actually going to be staying? And you could interpret that as hypothetical. Mark fucking Meadows. The president telling him that, and that is what led to Wait, this absolute you, insanity. Were, when you when he said that to you, did you? I said, oh no no, I, I was not. I moved up my resignation to the next morning, but and I said, no, we're, of course we're not. And I told all my staff we lost. And, and uh, David, what about this? Uh, Ryan Nobles reporting about the the ten House Republicans. Yeah, well, I, I was looking at that list, and you'll recall uh, four of the members there actually received subpoenas from the January sixth uh, committee. Um, so it's not just Ryan and Manu trying to chase them down to figure out what was going on there. The committee's actually subpoenaed four of their fellow members of Congress. And as we know, they've been totally unwilling to talk. And one of them was uh, put up as a name to potentially be on this House committee as an investigator, which was Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. That yes. Real quick, if I may say, I, well, I appreciate that Pat Cipollone came forward, and I think there's going to be very helpful testimony from him in the future hearings. This sort of almost like, oh, this was so ridiculous attitude. He has not been speaking publicly about this for the last year. Well, about 30 percent of the country, if not more, believes that the election was stolen. Yeah. So it would be very helpful to have him saying this more forcefully publicly. Sure would. Thank you all. Coming up, the importance of this day beyond today, presidential historian Doug Brinkley is here to look at the most. Have it, my friends. Mark Meadows, who was once a member of Congress, told her that they were going to stay in power. That's how that's everyone around Trump was in on it. I think Pence tried his damnedest to to figure out a way that he could send it back to the states or whatever. Alex Jones's ex-wife offers January 6th committee relevant insider information. Hours after the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection completed their Tuesday nationally televised hearing, the former wife of InfoWars founder Alex Jones took to Twitter and alerted the committee that she could help with their investigation. On Tuesday, the committee worked on establishing the links between Donald Trump's December 19th tweet, stating, Big protest in D.C. on January 6th be there will be wild, and far-right militia groups like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers who participated in the attack. I'm Alex Jones's ex-wife, Kelly Jones, and I lost my kids for exposing Infowars, even while he was under subsequent federal investigation. I have insider info that I believe is relevant to the January 6th committee hearings. Please share. 
Well, let's watch this video here, shall we? We're the wrong one! And we're gonna win! We're not gonna fight their little meth head, Andy Muscov. We're gonna take on the Soroses and the Bezoses and the Gates. We're gonna take it directly to those scumbag Nazi bastards that thought they killed this country. Skinhead is holding up a left fist. No, motherfucker. You hold up the... You hold up the right fist. You hold up the right fist. Oh, my God. Please tell me I've not got this wrong. And, like, I've, I'm, I don't even know my left from right. Because apparently that's a thing that happens sometimes. Because I don't know shit about fuck. But it looked to me like the skinhead was holding up his left fist. While earlier... I had to correct the leftist protester and tell them they should be holding up their left fist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The skinhead is in an audience where they're complaining about Nazis. Because America is rising! Fist is is worker communist fist. Right fist is white power. A Colorado election official has been arrested. Spoiler alert, they are a Republican. Former elections manager for Tina Peters indicted for allegedly tampering with voting equipment. Sandra Brown's arrest is the third in election security breach case. The former elections manager for a Colorado clerk indicted on charges of tampering with voting equipment has been arrested on allegations that she was part of the scheme. An official said on Wednesday, Sandra Brown, who worked for the Mesa County clerk, Tina Peters, turned herself in on Monday in response to a warrant issued for her arrest on suspicion of conspiracy to commit criminal impersonation and attempting to influence a public servant, said Lieutenant Henry Stoffel of the Mesa County Sheriff's Office. The arrest was first reported by the Daily Sentinel newspaper. Peters and her chief deputy, Belinda Kinsley, are being prosecuted for allegedly allowing a copy of a hard drive to be made during an update of election equipment in May of 2021. State election officials first became aware of a security breach last summer when a photo and video of confidential voting system passwords were posted on social media and a conservative website. So there was indeed attempts to do election tampering. But it came from the the, the the Trumpers. Peters, who has echoed former President Donald Trump's false theories about the 2020 election and became a hero to election conspiracy theorists, lost her bid to become the GOP candidate 
for Colorado Secretary of State last month. She first came to national attention when she spoke last year at a conference hosted by My Pillow CEO Mike Lindell, one of the most prominent election deniers in the country. Speaking of Mike Lindell, would you guys like to hear he has big news? He's got big news, guys. Mike Lindell has big news. I got news this morning that there was a very big, 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 everybody, pieces of evidence, cyber evidence. Ladies and gentlemen, the big news is that you can go to MyPillow.com and use promo code L77 to save up to 60% from the 2020 election that we didn't even know before that now we have it's it's i'm just like so excited validated validated uh multiple sources and we also found from another source a completely different cyber guy um he found uh evidence this is the same shit how many clips of him saying like oh we've got evidence we're gonna show you're going to see. You're going to see. How many clips have we played of this? Of Mike Lindell saying, Oh, we've got the evidence. Uh, multiple sources. And we also found from another source, a completely n- different cyber guy, um, he found uh, more evidence from the the uh, Mesa um data which we have right up here in frank's speech so all you horrible journalists out there that are watching tonight uh you might want to take a look there and uh look at what i'm talking about and uh get your cyber guys ready there's more to come and uh and it's very readable and understandable and when i got news this morning that there was it's very readable and understandable i wrote it in crayon you can understand it While we're on the subject of scamming and grifters, talk about Trump emails. Trump emails. The GOP is sending a deluge of misleading fundraising emails promising VIP status as a Trump gold, uh, I'm sorry, a gold Trump patriot. The GOP fundraisers cook up all kinds of titles to hook campaign donors. Whether they confer any actual VIP status is immaterial in the eyes of the government. No one enforces truth or falsehoods in political speech, campaign officials told Insider. That's amazing. When asked for comment, they're like, oh, nobody cares about truth or falsehoods. The race to bestow make-believe titles on Republican donors is heating up as 2022 midterm election fundraising blasts pour into American inboxes free of facts. The government's generally hands-off approach to policing political emails allows groups such as the National Republican Senatorial Committee to dangle fanciful diamond, platinum, and other VIP-sounding membership tiers Insider identified a dozen such offerings just within the past month 
while fishing for campaign contributions. It doesn't matter if Donor X actually gets special treatment by throwing money at the NRSC to become a Trump majority strategist or founding member of the American First Society, a former federal official explained, because nobody actually checks to see if there's any actual follow-through. Guys, maybe we need to get into politics. There's no agency of the government that monitors the veracity of political messaging. Sarov Ghosh, a former enforcement attorney at the Federal Election Commission turned director of federal campaign finance reform at the Campaign Legal Center, Campaign Center Commission Center. Told Insider. He said the FEC focuses on tracking money flowing through political operations but has no jurisdiction over truth or falsehoods in political speech. Anyone could separate fact from fiction in political emails. Ghosh said it would be the Federal Communications Commission, but he noted that the FCC has historically steered clear of restricting political speech. I don't know, a cat may have fell through the ceiling. I'm just saying, like, I've been expecting that to happen at any moment. Maybe I'll name the show A Cat Might Fall Through the Ceiling. A man who uh, said that his camper had been set on fire uh... Because of his Trump flag, was actually found to have set the blaze himself. A Minnesota man who said his garage door was vandalized with graffiti and his camper was set on fire because of a 2020 Trump flag displayed on its facing uh, flag displayed on it is facing fraud charges after he allegedly set the fire and spray painted the graffiti himself. Dennis Vladimirovich. Mola of Brooklyn Center, Minnesota is charged with two counts of wire fraud after allegedly filing fraudulent insurance claims for a staged arson. This is according to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Minnesota. Mola uh, in 2020 reported to law enforcement that someone spray painted Biden 2020 BLM and an Antifa symbol on his garage door. He also said his camper was set on fire because it had a Trump 2020 flag on it and that he was targeted over his political beliefs according to an indictment in the case. Left his best... I sounds about right, Flash. Mala also provided written comments on GoFundMe accounts documenting the damage and thanking donors, according to court records. In reality, Mala started his own property on fire, or uh, yeah, started his own property on fire and spray painted the graffiti on his own garage. Official said in the Tuesday statement, an attorney for Mala declined to comment to USA Today. Mullah submitted over $300,000 in fraudulent insurance claims following the incident, according to officials. He received approximately $61,000 from his insurance company, as well as more than $17,000 from donors on the fundraising platform GoFundMe. 
Bolo and his wife, Deanna, Dirty Deanna, (laughs) previously told the Star Tribune that they were asleep in their home with their two-year-old son and their five-month-old daughter. At the time of the incident, emergency crews also helped rescue three dogs and four puppies from the home amid the fire, which burned down a detached garage and totaled three vehicles. Mullah pleaded not guilty to the charge in court on Tuesday. He has been released from custody, according to court records. He is indicted on one of the wire fraud charges. He could be sentenced to up to 20 years in prison. Oh, shit, these motherfuckers. All right, I've got to go check and make sure that a cat didn't fall through the ceiling, but be sure to stick around because the next story we're going to talk about is Lauren Boebert. Apparently, she doesn't understand how separation of church and state work, and and her gun-themed restaurant... So I have some weird news to report back. There could be more cats in the ceiling. <laughs> not not that not that I retrieved the one cat that's in the ceiling. There could be more cats in the ceiling right now. For all I know. <laughs> there's an episode of sunny in philadelphia where where there's a cat in the wall and charlie oh i promised every time i come back from commercial break i'd have a i have a meme i didn't have a meme i lied i'm a horrible host by the way the the friday night free show should be back on this uh this here Friday. Here's a smoky. Oh, he went behind he went behind the monitor. <coughs> Ceiling pussies. No, no. <laughs> Here's Smoky. Mainer okay, so there there's a basement. It's attached, and there's a door you can go out into the basement. And uh, uh, the housemate went out into the the basement, and apparently the cats went with her. And uh, she thought all the cats came back in, but apparently one of them didn't. That was Maynard, and she was she was taking a nap on the couch because if if I'm in here, I can be doing voiceovers and everything. She don't even fucking hear me, and I don't feel I don't. She's got a TV turned up in there. I don't hear her. So like like it's it's a it's a it's a sweet little setup, right? So she's in there like taking a nap, and apparently Maynard came crashing down through the ceiling. But like he didn't he didn't actually come all the way down. He just you know broke the tile and his fat ass fell down. He's done that like two or three times now. So what what whatever I heard earlier, whatever crash I heard earlier was apparently. The basement door opening, and the cat's just going in and out. Like I got, I got one of her cats out of the basement. Uh, Smokey ran into the basement. I'm like, no, Smokey, you gotta get the fuck out of here. 
I I cannot account for Socrates, but I don't think Socrates is going to get into the ceiling. I just that doesn't that doesn't seem like him. However, they're in a new environment and they're all acting kind of weird. Like they got to go outside for the first time because there's like a little brick courtyard. She lets her cats out and everything. So they got to go outside and like Socks was the one that was out there first. And Smokey was like really timid about it. And that's odd because like Smokey's the one that always went outside all the time. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what is up with them. Also, I promised, I promised meme. I must give meme, give meme. I'm going to go old school. I'm going to go, I'm going to go back into my, my meme reservoir. Oh, here's Smokey again. Hold on. Let me hit the graphic again. Hey buddy. I don't, you say poor Maynard, but like twice now I've been to where I can get him down and he's been like, no bitch, ain't coming down. <laughs> so I, I don't know what's up with him. We shook the treats at him. We even, we even got the ham out. So she had it. She had a package of ham that hadn't been opened. She was like, "Go take it, open it." <laughs> yeah, he was weird. He was fucking weird about it. Like, goddamn it, cat! You sleep with me at night. I feed you. Like we we we're, we're down with each other. You should be. You should be doing that. You should be at a point. Where, like, if you're in trouble, you can let me get you and get you down from somewhere. Well, I was up on a ladder, and for those of you who don't know, when I had to move, Maynard tore the fuck out, because I wasn't on for the time that, like, it was huge. Like, my my thumb had swelled up. They thought I was going to have to go to the hospital and have, like, a fucking antibiotic IV drip. Cause like I was fucking like Maynard bit me twice and scratched all over Smokey and Socrates were nothing, nothing. I didn't have any bruises, scars or anything over that. But when it came to, to Maynard getting him put into a cat carrier was the God awfulest thing ever. And then when when we had to pack them up to bring them here the second time, it was also a bitch in Sparkle's Kitchen and trying to get Maynard out of Sparkle's Kitchen. Damn, it was... Tore my fucking... I was bleeding profusely. I was trying to put a band-aid on while the blood was still just running down my fucking thumb where Maynard bit me. So when I'm up on the ladder earlier and, like, I've got... Like, I can grab him. I'm like... I looked at, I looked at my housemate and I'm like... I think I'm just going to scruff him and grab him and bring him down. Just like, that's just the easiest thing to do. And I grabbed him by the back of the neck and he went, 
and I thought he's gonna knock me off of the off of the ladder. So, oh, I still haven't got a I still haven't got a meme for you. I've been I've been asshole deep in telling this story. <laughs> I don't have a I don't have a meme for you. I'm trying I'm trying to go back in time and find a timeless meme. What's this one? Yeah, that's a pretty timeless meme. And it has to do with cats. And we're talking about cats. Aw, here's Maynard looking all sweet. I do believe that's where the emote comes from. I think it's that picture. It's just a really good picture of him. It might not be, though. But I think it is. Don't let his looks fool you. He's an asshole. With very sharp claws. But like he's... Like this morning I was bragging about like how sweet he was. Like he, he slept right next to me. I pet his little head. He cuddled with me this morning. I got Smokey in my lap right now. But like fucking he does shit like go get up in the ceiling. God damn, why you gotta go get up in the ceiling, dude? Why you gotta get up in the ceiling? And there could be other okay, so one of her cats is unaccounted for and one of my cats is un- unaccounted. Other than the other cat other than Maynard, who I know is in the ceiling because I've seen him in the ceiling. Not lately. I don't know if he's still in the ceiling, but I've not I've not confirmed that he's not in the ceiling. Last time I saw him, he was in the ceiling. Socrates and her cat Alice are not accounted for. I've not seen either of those cats. However, her cat Alice not being accounted for, being somewhere under a bed. That I think that's more more possible. Uh, that's more plausible than Alice being up in the up in the ceiling. I don't think Socrates is up in the ceiling. Cesaro Fields, what's going on? I keep thinking I see a cat, but I don't see a cat. I mean, I, I see this cat. Hey there, buddy. Hey, Mr. Smokey. <laughs> He's just chilling. <laughs> I love like most of the time he is like super chill about everything cause like I just did that shit to him and he laid right the fuck back down <laughs> motherfucker what a cat I love my cats even Maynard He's an asshole, but like, I'm still going to be glad he's laying next to me when I, when I get him out of the ceiling, (laughs) get him out of the ceiling. I don't think he liked that one. He was like, okay, that's a little too much. Ow, ow, buddy. Ow. I probably deserve that one. I probably deserve that.
All right. I guess uh, where we left off, before I had to go and see that, you know, there's possible cats in the ceiling. More, more than what were already in the ceiling. More cats than what were already in the ceiling are possible, but not likely, I don't think. I don't know what that sound was. God damn it. Cats in the ceiling and the silver spoon. <laughs> don't let me sing. Don't let me sing. That is not a good thing. Oh, Lauren Bobert's Pro Gun Restaurant closes its doors. Couldn't have happened to a nicer person. Representative Lauren Bobert's restaurant, Shooter's Grill, has closed its door uh, at doors after being uh, after the building in Rival, Colorado, changed ownership and did not renew its lease. The restaurant, where staff were encouraged to carry guns openly, closed for the foreseeable future on Sunday after operating for eight years. The business made Bobert a local celebrity and propelled her into the spotlight that led her to win election uh, to the House and uh, to the U.S. House. In 2020, we were like a family, she told the Post Independent, a local outlet. I would say shooters for any employee was their life. That, ooh, that is, that is exploitive corporate culture. We lived and breathed it every single day. They were a part of this culture and brand that we created in Rifle, and there was a lot of pride with that. The landlord told Bovert and her husband Jason in June that their lease would not be renewed which the lawmaker said came as a shock. The reasoning for the end of the lease remains murky. She got, she got canceled by the by the woke moralist. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Apparently the woke moralist canceled Lauren Bobert. Bobert told the Post Independent that they're not being evicted. The lease is not being renewed. That's a big difference. The Daily Beast reported in June that a person familiar with the arrangement said the property manager felt he had a moral imperative to close the business and had planned to lease the space to another restaurant, but this has not been confirmed. The Boverts are hoping to continue the brand in another location. We would just dramatically scale it back because obviously we're not in our building, the congresswoman said. It may look like a shooter's coffee shop with pastries and some easy breakfast sandwiches and merchandise. Bobert opposed Colorado's restaurant COVID-19 policies by refusing to comply with stay-at-home orders, causing the restaurant to lose its food license temporarily in May of 2020. As a business, it lost more than $600,000 between 2018 and 2020, according to the Denver Post. Goodbye, shitters. Tell me what you guys think. Does Lauren Bobert understand uh, what separation of church and state means? Um, ignorantly say this is in the Constitution, separation of church and state, and they don't know what it means, um, and they think that that means you can't talk about God. Well, if there really is this separation of church and state like they believe it means, well, then what is Ilhan doing with her with her ajiban? I mean, what? Why is she able to go in there with that? I mean, why aren't they shouting that from the rooftop? Separation of church and state. That's not what that means, ma'am. It doesn't mean you can't talk about God. It doesn't mean you can't talk about God. 
Thomas Jefferson. First of all, like she she talked about being ignorant of the Constitution. She said it's not in there. It's not in there. No, no. Thomas Jefferson, who was one of the people who was the author of the Constitution, one of the authors of the Constitution, was asked by a a like the Doomberry Priest Society or some shit like that. Somebody will correct me on that one. I I, I butchered the name what the meaning of the First Amendment was, and Jefferson explains that it's to create a wall of separation between church and state. That's where the phrase comes from. One of the authors of the document saying that's the meaning of the goddamn thing. She's twisting the words to be a bully. No, you you can talk about God. You Nobody's saying you can't mention God. Nobody's saying that Ilan Omar can't wear a hijab. You can practice your own personal faith. What what can't happen is the government can't show favoritism. The government can't show favoritism to a religion. Can't take a side of a religion, ma'am. Learn what it means and the, the hubris of her to start off the whole fucking clip talking about how other people don't uh, know what separation of church and state mean. Or means. Last night I mentioned the confrontation uh, between Senator Josh Hawley and a law professor. Apparently happened over... Before, I want (laughs) to... The whole what is a woman thing. God, the the right is, is milking this for all it's worth. We watched the Josh Hawley interview on Fox and I thought they were going to show the clip and they didn't. And then I forgot to pull it up myself. So I want to show you the clip right now. Yes, I want to I want to show you exactly what happened. I found the I found the longest clip I could visit with you, Miss Maskey. But before I do, I just want to clear one thing up. Professor Bridges, you said several times you've used a phrase. I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really is a great answer. rights issue. It's, uh, it's, we can it's recognize that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so you're Ooh, I love this woman. the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my line of questioning because we can't talk about it because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm denying that trans people exist by asking you you if you're talking about women having pregnancies. Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think (laughs) so. You are denying that trans people exist. And that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you or are they also treated like this? No, no, no. They're they're told that they're opening up people to violence. We have a good time in my class. You should join. I bet. You might learn a lot. Ooh. I I would learn a lot. I've learned a lot. I know. Absolutely. Extraordinary. 
What a pompous asshole! You goddamn right, Holly's a moron. Right wingers are morons. He's slick though. Porg, what's going on? Merkin, love you guys. I just want to point out, you know, when we're talking about violence, Glad says that social media has failed the LGBTQ community. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok all get failing marks when it comes to protecting LGBTQ users on their social networks, according to a new report from GLAD. Civil rights groups say there is a direct connection between the online harassment and discrimination faced by members of underrepresented groups and real-world violence and erosion of civil rights. Huh. Josh Hawley. This this may be what we're talking about. You went on Fox News and tried to act like everybody else is stupid. Social media platforms, these five in particular, play an outsized role in this ecosystem of hate and misinformation. Glad CEO Sarah Kate Ellis said in an interview, they literally control the on and off buttons of live hatred against marginalized communities. By the numbers in its report, Glad gave scores below 50 out of 100 to all the companies with Instagram at 48.38% or, or 48.38, not percent. Facebook at 46.3, Twitter at 44.7, YouTube at 45.11, and TikTok at 51 all of the groups got points for having at least some policies protecting LGBTQ users from harassment and attack, but lost points for both the limitations of their policies as well as actions taken in upholding their policies. Twitter and TikTok got credit for prohibiting users from misgendering or deadnaming transgender people, while GLAD found the training given to content moderators lacking at all of the social networks. I want to know what content moderators. I don't think there's live people. And Holly's not the only lawmaker pulling out the old what is a woman bullshit. Here is Representative Andrew Clyde of Georgia. So this is the president of the National Women's Law Center. The president of the National Women's Law Center. He thought it was a great time. Great time to ask what is, or who, who, what is a woman or whatever. Of the National Women's Law Center, I was hoping that you could define what a woman is for us in this committee hearing. Well, as the president of the National Women's Law Center, you can imagine I say woman a lot uh, in my day job. Okay, uh, so I'm just asking I, for the de- definition. I'm... So and and so, what I'll tell you is, I am a woman. That's how I identify. Okay. But I wonder, however, if in part the reason that you're asking a question is that you're trying to suggest that people. Who I am don't simply asking the question, and I simply want an answer. I, and so, I, I think. Why it's is it relevant really to anything? To be very clear here, that there are people who identify as non-binary. I think okay. about five right. percent of young. We're not going to go there. I was hoping maybe you would. I was hoping that you, maybe you would say something that maybe we learned in um, high school biology that has to do with X and Y chromosomes. Honey, honey. 
X and Y chromosomes, I can present you with uh, people who have X and Y chromosomes and a uterus. Sir? Your, your high school understanding of biology is too simplistic. Swire syndrome is a condition that affects sex development. Sex development usually follows a particular path based on an individual's chromosomes. However, in Swire syndrome, sex development is not typical for the affected individual's chromosomal pattern. People with Swire syndrome have female external genitalia and some female internal reproductive structures. These individuals usually have a uterus and fallopian tubes, but go dads. You just fucking, you're, you're wrong. You people are fucking wrong and you're so arrogant in how wrong you are. You're so arrogant in how fucking wrong you are. I have no, I have no idea. I have no idea about different gonads tones. That's oh, that's that's over my head. I mean, science is not really my uh, my eyes kind of glaze over. And we're we're getting ready to get to uh, uh, crime videos and shit. Don't you want to watch crime videos? Yeah, almost. I almost want to uh, skip over Ben Shapiro. I think it's short, though. Let's watch Ben Shapiro. Going on a rant about trans suicide. Like, I just don't, I don't understand why they devo- devote so much time. So much. And, like, once again, referring back to the GLAD report of amplifying hate and leading to violence against LGBTQ people this motherfucker is gonna come on here and talk about like I don't even I don't even know the point he's gonna make about trans suicide rates so let's find out let's give him a chance that the left likes to bring and it's it starts in academia it bleeds all the way down the idea is that if you make an argument based in fact that you're gonna cause somebody else to commit suicide now in American law and in law typically the idea that you can cause someone else to commit suicide is pretty dicey territory generally and you actually have some pretty specific wow. evidence saying that somebody is telling somebody to commit suicide in order to even attempt to hold them accountable for their commission of suicide because there's an intervening actor, namely I mean, the person. This is a complete straw suicide. man. The generalized point the left tries to make is that if you say that a man is a man and a woman is a woman, a bunch of people who believe they are members of the opposite sex will be so despondent about the fact that biological reality exists and that you are saying it. Not even that it exists, that you're saying it. They're going to go commit suicide. There's only one oh problem. This is complete nonsense. There's no statistical evidence to suggest that the wildly disparate suicidal ideation rate among LGBT people suddenly corrects itself to meet the cis norm, meaning people who know what sex they are and it is their biological sex, the heterosexual norm. That the suicide rates, the suicidal ideation rates, do not suddenly become equal if you live in an area that is highly tolerant of LGBT. They're still wildly disproportionate, which suggests that there are a bunch of other intervening factors, including serious 
comorbidities with regard to anxiety and depression. I don't think that's true. What are we measuring it against? Identity. Is he measuring it against California? Because it's a cap- the lurking, va- the lurking variable there the is capitalism now- in California. Like you're like, oh, based on California rights. No, you you measure it against like a country that's more progressive. And I bet their suicide rates are far lower. Come equal if you live in an area that is highly tolerant of LGBT. They're still wildly disproportionate, which suggests that there are a bunch of other intervening factors, including serious comorbidities with regard to anxiety and depression that attend upon LGBT identity. We're not allowed to talk about any of that. The idea is supposed to be. It's because the assholes like you are bullying them. That is not true. There's no evidence to that idea. And by the way, even were that true, it would not mean that it is now Josh Howley's job to lie. Truth matters in a society. If some people are unable to handle truth and this causes them to be more mentally ill or more suicidal, that is not the fault of the truth. We're going to have to find some different solutions. Dude, you're the one who can't handle the truth. That like sex and gender is far more complex than your little pea brain can handle, motherfucker. Seriously. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Yeah, they're they're poisoning our elders against trans people. That really sucks. I uh, fuck you, Ben Shapiro. I wish you people could feel embarrassment. All right, let's do some crime videos. First of all, we're going to talk about a shitty-ass cop. But all cops are shitty-ass cops. <laughs> There's only one good kind of cop. I think you guys all know what that is. Baltimore cop busted selling ghost gun to motorcycle club. A 16-year veteran of the Baltimore Police Department faces federal gun and drug charges after he conspired with a notorious biker club to swap and sell drugs, according to court filings. Steve Angelini, 41, allegedly worked with the president of the Maryland chapter of the infamous Riders Motorcycle Club. Ida got it correct. Ding, 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 ding. Welcome, Ida. I don't know if I've said hey to you tonight. Uh, A man identified by prosecutors as Keith Angelini provided the club with oxycodone, ammunition, and firearms, including a ghost gun. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Maryland said $300 plus a ball. Angelini allegedly texted Keith as an asking price for an unregistered weapon, according to the Baltimore Banner. You can't beat that. It shoots perfect. In exchange, prosecutors said the officer received cocaine and cash. Another text, Angelini promised Keith that he would pump his department's homicide unit for information on suspects in the murder of a drug dealer affiliated with the Riders. This does not surprise me at all because you want to know why? 
this kind of shit been going on in the Baltimore Police Department for decades. Decades. The Baltimore Police Department has been caught doing all kinds of shit. One of them, one of them used an anti-police rally as cover to rob a pharmacy so that they could resell the fucking drugs. They would, uh, they would hold up confidential informants on the street and have them sell drugs for them. The cops in Baltimore were crooked as fuck. They were planting toy guns. They were planting toy guns on people that they shot and killed. So this is this is this is just behavior that they do. This is what I expect from the cops. Which could be why a Florida man did a very based thing. I know, I know we don't say that very often. Those words don't often come out of my mouth. But Florida man did a very based thing. Oh, shit. Florida man sets fire to police station. Cruiser. A homeless Florida man was accused of setting fire to the Pensacola police station and a nearby patrol car on Sunday According to state officials, I think we should make a bail fund for him. Authorities said 43-year-old Demon Blackman was captured on security video pouring a liquid believed to be gasoline on two different vehicles in an unsuccessful attempt to light them on fire. Blackman then left the police station and returned with a different bottle before he lit the side of the building and the patrol car on fire. The only problem is he didn't like. They're gonna throw the book at him. Like if they're gonna, if if they were gonna throw the book at him, I wish he would have done a hell of a lot more damage. Blackman was taken into the Escambia County Jail and charged with aggravated assault on a law enforcement officer, resisting arrest with violence and arson. Bond was set at 190 grand. If convicted, Blackman could face up to 30 years in prison. I'm sorry, dude. I'm so fucking sorry. Once again, this is probably somebody just having mental issues. And you know the cops, not like they don't fucking deserve it. Now, workers at a Burger King, they probably didn't deserve it. But then again, I've heard a lot of fast food restaurants have gone downhill. Who am I to say they didn't deserve it? They probably did, probably did. Suspect pedals away on bicycle after putting a gun to the head of a Burger King employee during a robbery. So, content warning, fuckers. This looks like surveillance video outside of the Burger King. He he is uh, wearing his mask properly. He is worried about the current COVID surge. But I mean, it's also a good cover if you're going to pull some criminal activity. Put gloves on. Why you gotta, like, if you're, if you're gonna rob somewhere, don't go to fucking Burger King. Come the fuck on. He just jumps over the counter. And don't, don't harass the fucking workers. 
They don't deserve this. They don't make enough fucking money to have to deal with this fucking bullshit. Oh, they do not make enough money to deal with that fucking bullshit. He is pointing the gun right at her fucking head. People do some crazy ass shit when they're fucking desperate. That's why we should make sure people have their basic needs taken care of. And then this kind of shit doesn't happen. You'll still have a certain level of crime just because there are people that like get off on it. There are, there are kleptomaniacs. There are people that are disposed to, to, to do those sorts of things. God, that was a wild video. Aggravated robbery indeed. The Houston Police Department's robbery division needs the public's assistance identifying the suspect responsible for an aggravated robbery. Clear surveillance video shows the suspect placing gloves on his hands outside the fast food restaurant, then entering and holding a gun to an innocent employee's head. Happened on Sunday, June 19th, uh, around 7.20 p.m., I mean, usually I would tell you not to snitch, but I'm not really on this guy's side, so take that for what you take that for what you will. So if you live in Houston and you recognize the dude, do do with that information what you want. Philadelphia man wrestles a gun from attacker and fends off an armed robbery. So, a pair of armed attackers fled a crime scene in Philadelphia after their victim fended them off on Monday afternoon. The unidentified male victim, 46, was fighting off the first offender who was attempting to rob the victim on a sidewalk when he managed to wrestle a firearm away from the assailant. This should be good. The Philadelphia police. Don't even get me started on the on the problems with the Philadelphia fucking police. They're hitting us with the old uh, uh, disclaimer at the beginning. He's like, hey, what's up? Oh, shit. And we joined the fight in progress. Uh, I, so I guess little man was trying to rob big guy. Oh, fuck. I'm not exactly sure what we just witnessed. That was wild video. This is a fender number one description of Hispanic male, thin bill, black hair. Fender number two. He also had a Hispanic male, thin bill, black hair. He had Crocs on. He had Crocs on. It was a nice SUV. 
So I guess this dude, he's, he's looking for somebody to mug right there. This dude wrestled him down. Oh yeah, we we did that story like at the beginning of the show. Like, I did he fire a shot at this guy? Did anybody get shot? Dude had Crocs on. Police found the victim lying in the streets and suffering from gunshot wounds to his butt and left ankle. He was. Ch- I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh to get shot in the butt. I'm sure getting shot in the asshole really fucking hurts. He was transported to Jefferson Torresdale Hospital and was listed in stable condition. The two suspects arrived at the scene in a dark-colored SUV, fled the scene in the same vehicle. God damn. So he, he managed to wrestle away the gun on one dude. Tried to, like, I don't, did he get a, he fired at the, a second offender then fired at the victim and shot him two times. The victim returned fire and appeared to hit the shooter at least once. That's what I'm saying. He, he, he looked like he got the dude at least once. It would probably hurt less than elsewhere, but it's still gonna fucking hurt. It's still good. Where'd you get shot? My ass. I got shot in my ass. <laughs> in the ass. In the ass. I was not. I made that song up. That is not a song. I was not singing something else. I was not parroting something. Now the moment you have all been waiting for here at the end of the show, we're going to do last night. I went on a rant about how I wanted some nerds to explain. uh, Yeah, I was, uh, I took artistic liberties with that story. As I was reading it, the story actually said buttocks. The story was, was prim and proper and said buttocks. I'm the one who said, what did I say? But, but, then, then, I, then I said he got shot in the ass. Last night, I ranted and raved. R- ranted and raved. Ranted and raved. Maybe I'm too stoned for this. Maybe I'm not stoned enough. Who knows? But I, I said, like, the the pictures from the James Webb Space Telescope are super fucking cool but I wish I had like a nerdy person from NASA to explain it to me. Well, guess what guys earlier this afternoon, NASA did a nerdy person explains the pictures from the James Webb telescope. And we're going to, we're going to watch the nerdy people explain what we're looking at in these pictures. Cause that's, that's going to be super cool, right? That's going to be super cool. Nature. That's good content. Of those wandering lights in the night sky. Well, it's better than say it's better than saying scatologically related the way Jim Cramer did last night. 
sent ships to the stars. But we continue to search. We can't help it. Essential element of the human future lies far beyond the Earth. I've been excited for this all show. some cosmic purpose then let us find ourselves a worthy goal yay am i high enough for this shit i should get high higher for this shit hello and welcome to another episode of nasa science live an opportunity for you to interact with nasa experts and have your questions answered live on air i'm your host tahira allen and today we are joining you live from NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center in Greenbelt, Maryland. We will be taking your questions about Webb's historic images all throughout today's show, live on air. For those of you tuning in on social media, you can use the hashtag UnfoldTheUniverse to, to submit more volume here. or drop your questions directly into the comment box wherever you're watching this stream. This week, the James Webb Space Telescope released its first full-color images and data. And this is just the beginning. As the world's most powerful space telescope, it will examine every phase of cosmic history, from the first luminous glows after the Big Bang to the formation of galaxies, stars, planets, and the evolution of our own solar system. Any question if the web telescope this is a huge is real? Moment. Marking NASA has no reason to lie to us. Universe beyond where we have ever been, beyond time itself. Let's take a moment to pull back the curtains and see what Webb has revealed. This first image of a galaxy cluster takes us back 4.6 billion years, giving the deepest and sharpest infrared image of the distant universe to date. This graph, the most detailed of its kind, shows the distinct signature of water in the atmosphere surrounding a hot gas giant planet that is orbiting a distant sunlight star hundreds of light years away. In this image of the Carina Nebula, Webb peers through cosmic dust, revealing previously invisible areas of star birth. Covering about one-fifth of the moon's diameter, this is I mean, Webb's largest image to date, showcasing in rare detail a group of interacting galaxies known as Stefan's Quintet. And some stars save the best for last. Webb captured a dying star's final performance, sending oh, out shit. rings of gas and dust for thousands of years in all directions. So now that we have seen these incredible images... Let's talk to our experts. I'm joined today Yay. by Dr. Alex Lockwood, web project scientist, and Dr. Nestor Espinoza, web astronomer, both from the Space Telescope Science Institute. Thank you both so much for being with us. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks to hear. So, the of big the observable. Are, the There's so much more that we can't even data. see. Nestor, I'm going to start. So, with so much. We're infinitely more. Can you talk through what Webb's new images show us that we weren't able to see before? 
Well, Web is revealing a universe to which we were a little bit it's visible for us, right? It's looking in eyes that we don't have, in colors of the light that we are not able to grasp. But right now, thanks to this beautiful machine, we're able to see the birth of stars in ways we've not explored before. You know, galaxies far, far away, and even distant exoplanets. That's cool. Impressive detail. Comparing so, the know, Hubble to the web. To be here talking with you about this. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned seeing in colors that our eyes can't see. Web has this ability. What is, what's so great about that? Like, what do those colors show us about the universe? Right, depending on the physical process that you're looking at, it can give you a ton of information. For instance, let's look, you know, my, my expertise is in exoplanets, so of course I'm going to go back there. Yeah. And for exoplanets, the infrared holds the hidden molecules that are mo the most important for us. When you hear water... Colors we can't even see! When you hear methane, all those molecules are hidden in the infrared, and that's why we have to go there. That's why I'm Try so to imagine a color to that doesn't flow exist. Of data, it's uh, through these images that we can explore together. Absolutely. And so we have this clear view. We there are colors that, that do exist that we Alex, can't even the see. Scientists, can you shine light on how Webb will take humanity's knowledge of the universe to the next level? Well, it, you know, it's really, it's, it's complementary to what we've seen with uh, a lot of the telescopes, especially Hubble. Um, Hubble does visible wavelengths and infrared, and, and James Webb does infrared. Um, you know, and it's kind of like if you look at the human body, we, we can see a body, we see people every day, but you go to the doctor's office and you get an x-ray and you can see your bones, you can see what's inside someone. And it's very different than what you see when you're looking at the person, but it tells you a lot more information and it's complementary. It's the same thing. James Webb is, it's not an x-ray telescope, it's an infrared telescope, but it's the same idea that it gives us a completely different but very really bc more colors than us i didn't know that with hubble and things that we have yet to see amazing and so it's my understanding too like this is just the start for web so these are just the first images and the first showcasing of its capabilities so alex or nestor can you all give us an idea of what images and data we can expect in the first year of science yeah, absolutely. There are lots of programs that are scheduled um, from astronomers across the world. I think there's over 40 countries uh, from pe that people uh, have have gotten data that they're they're going to get data from. Um, and you know, we have we're going to see more images like the the deepest field, the deep field that we saw yesterday. People are going to study that, but fields like that for even longer to find even more distant galaxies. Um, lots of time to do that. In fact, I think that program is running as we speak. Um, a program like that. We're going to look at more exoplanets, which, which Nestor can tell you all about. Um, and we're going to look at uh, star forming. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the shit in space doesn't birth. even exist, like um, in our. Death, like one of the images that we saw of the Southern Ring. Um, spectrum really or whatever, and they add that. Anything astronomical, and we have all of that planned in the first year. It, it's really. <laughs> I am a slut, Star Trek. Yes, that is not a it's, joke. I mean, the most that is not a joke. As an exoplanet person, <laughs> yeah. Web is the first observatory that will allow us to explore worlds You live worlds in sexual anarchy. And these observations have already happened. Some of them, actually, and they're going to be explored by scientists starting tomorrow. And you, we're going to start learning about these worlds outside our solar system for the first time with exquisite detail. I, I don't know what we, we How will... How are you, Stark uh, We have some idea, of course, but the universe keeps us surprising us, and that's what I'm most excited about, the, the unexpected. That is amazing. And so 
It wasn't the WASP exoplanet that we uh, characterized the atmosphere. That was light years away, wasn't that? It was a thousand light years away. It's very, very far away. But even though it's so far away, Webb has such a huge mirror and such precise instruments that we can see, you know, what are features you're seeing right now with exquisite details. I don't even have to show you a model. Are you, you asking about the... Each of those wiggles water vapor in the atmosphere are you asking about the uh, years away imagine what we can do with screen. this no, I, I don't have the so i don't have like, the monitor that i need to have to think about and just to wonder what is going to come next this is this is amazing i had, I had so a different exciting. monitor and, and we it, have like, so it, many it, questions it, coming in on i don't have it anymore i have to redo how the troll patrol looks i have to get a monitor that is the very odd size that i had by using the hashtag unfold the universe on social media this or is a by temporary fix directly into the comment stream wherever you're watching from so our first question is from charlie on twitter who asks does anyone know if web has the ability Wait, to view what do you mean you, you asked me about being stretched galaxy. out like that this video is yes. stretched it's yes, weird definitely um well you know a lot of web's bread and butter is why is your shit all stretched out just our own milky way um, Why, am most I stressed of the, out? Uh, star forming regions not, I'm not and sure what you're, um, what you're talking planetary about. nebula, like we saw yesterday, and exoplanets, all the exoplanets that we can study are actually within our own galaxy. Um, we can see very far because of Webb's big mirror um, and sensitive instruments, but the closer we are, the more detail this we can have. This monitor so, is weird. Like this beautiful nebula this that should we're be stretched. Right now, it's weird. Everything else should look right. Um, and we can see a lot more details um, and see, see inside the nebula to see what's going on. So we can see within our own galaxy. Can we see within our own solar system? Yes, we can. Um, and uh, it, we have observations in the first year, as we were talking, um, to look at objects from Mars all the way out to the Kuiper Belt in our own solar system. Um, and I'm interested uh, to see what shit yeah. like the edge of our and That's solar amazing. That's really like. exciting to think about. It's it's going far. It's going close to home. It's it's going to be great. And so let's move on to Nick from Facebook. Who asked, oh, no, like, I just like I have to be pointed towards. I have to either redo what the Troll Patrol looks well, like or actually, I have to get a monitor that are going to be made. Or I could probably just set the monitor to the setting I had with the other like a monitor. Bluff. In, in, a, in a plot, so you won't be able to see these uh, artistic representations that you typically see from, from these exoplanets. But we but I'm down a monitor, so I don't want to have like and distant exoplanets out there. So there's some modes. In particular, there's one mode that it's called a coronagraph, which is like, monitor. you know, when you're you're in the street and there's too much light and you put your, your he's, fingers on He's top probably so never done anything where he's like had this many people That's exactly look what at we're him doing before. with the star that the planet orbits. So we try to block it with a little needle, basically, mm -hmm. uh, which we have They're live. Support. They're doing a live stream. And we're able to see like a little dot going around, and that's the planet. So yes, there will be some observations of that, with what? which is quite amazing on its own. Yeah, and what does the coronagraph tell us? Well, the coronagraph actually tries to remove the star because the whole point, and this is very interesting to, to, to think about, we're able to get light from the farthest away galaxies, right? So very, very faint things. People always ask like, well, how can you not get an image from a planet? They're, they're closer, right? The problem is the star. The stars are so bright that they, you cannot just see like the faint point of what it is the planet right, right on top of it. So you have to remove it somehow. And these coronagraphs just remove the light from the star, so you can see, have a pristine look at, at the planet. It's a little dot. Okay, cool. That's so interesting. <laughs> and so Claire on Twitter asks, how does JWST know where to zoom in to capture the images? 
That's a good question. And that is actually decided by astronomers worldwide. Um, every year there's a process yeah, what the, of She was talking about the like there's 40 Very different rigorous, uh, projects. Um, lots of astronomers get together and, and look at the proposals um, without names on them, you know, so, so they're unbiased. And they say, what's the best science for Webb to do? And then once those, those targets get chosen, then we, we, we put them into our, our calculators on web and we point web. Um, but where it looks specifically at any given time is based on the science target. And those are, are so, uh, proposed by astronomers across the world. I hope somebody asked. I wish I was watching this live so I could ask, like, what's the, what's the time? How long does it take between you giving the James Webb the coordinates and it receiving that signal, I would, I would like, to, I would like to know how how long that takes. Nice, and isn't Web just very efficient? I know we were talking before that it's really kind of making it a little easy on astronomers right now. Could any of y'all talk to that? Maybe, yeah, I can, I can jump into that. I mean, the 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 way in which you get from the data to the to the results, it's incredibly fast. Um, we were, I mean, this is a story that we, we both were part of uh, within producing these very first images. Like the analysis of the exoplanet, you know, in one day I had, we have like, like one spectrum already. So in one day, these things, you know, with previous instruments, they took like years, like tens of years even for some instruments. But now web, it's so stable, it produces data so pristine that you're able to extract information right away from it. So it's, it, that speaks of its, its efficiency at observing how the data is reduced. <laughs> so it's going to... Dark Raving said it, I did. You can jump and do science on their own. You live in uh, sexual much faster, anarchy. Much, much more efficiently. Yeah, and I'll add that that, that deep field watch it. with all the galaxies in it, that was taken in they did. Uh, less than 12 hours. Just saying. Web. And a similar image that wasn't as sensitive was take, took over 100 hours with Hubble. And so you're talking about you know 10 times faster to get even more data that's really good efficiency. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, say, it's safe to say that it was worth the wait. <laughs> yes. uh, Webb is doing some great things. So moving on, we have Holger on YouTube who asks, what interesting observation is planned of objects within our solar system? Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. Um, so we are going to look at, um, just like we're studying with exoplanets, um, the atmospheres. We're going to look at the atmospheres of planets within our own and, solar and system. And see, here's the thing: um, is the, like you the, look at these two and, and say the that they've giants. absolutely fucked. Um, a lot of, I look uh, at Heather uh, and Brett and say they absolutely have Saturn fucked. that we're going to study, um, as well as the moons of those planets. Um, to, they sleep to in separate beds, the like they're on like a and fucking. Again, look at these molecules 50 that sitcom. Nestor was referring to: methane, carbon dioxide, um, that are very strong in infrared wavelengths. So I actually have a really good follow-up question to that. Um, on Parith Viraj on YouTube asks how these photos are useful for space scientists and other scientific communities. Um, so while we do get this data, I guess, could you talk a little bit about how it might be applied? Sure. Yeah. So this image is actually, whenever you're seeing... Speaking of Brett and Heather, it's a Wednesday night. You can check out the intellectual dollar tree. Physical processes happening. There. Probably going on right now on uh, on the Twitch. Oh, shit. I've, have I lost internet? No. The stream's still green light. Weird. 
Weird, weird. YouTube go down? Weed! Everything seems to be working. Yeah, it's, it doesn't seem to be the internet. It seems to be... Like, just this specific video or some shit? It's even buffered out a little bit. Ah, oh, fuck it. I guess, I guess that's the... I guess that's the cue to get out of here. We came for what we wanted. Like, it... They explained what, what the shit was in the pictures. That's what I wanted from... In life, we all know it's not how many times you get knocked down that counts, but how many times you get back up. CBS's Steve Hartman goes on the road with an inspiring... I think I've heard that one before. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to get me down. Apparently, uh, oh, I'm sorry. It was really loud. I thought she was, I thought she was, uh, ugh on, uh, the Chumbawamba, but apparently they're pretty based. <laughs> oh, fucking shit. So, like, this isn't the usual kind of animal video I do, but, like, this one's perfect. This is, this is awesome. We gotta hear this story from uh, CBS. Story of perseverance from man's best friend. A lot of dogs think they're human, but Dexter takes it to a whole nother level. To the point where I can now safely say, I have seen everything. Dexter lives here he thinks he's in people. Bay, Colorado, where for the past few years, this bicolor, bipedal Aww. Brittany Spaniel has been turning heads wherever he goes. Dexter's owner, Kenty Passick, oh, says Dexter. this is the trick she taught. It's an adaptation he made after a near-death experience. Hey, come on. When Dexter oh, was baby. a puppy, he escaped his yard, darted into traffic, and got hit by a car. He lost oh. one front leg and the other was badly damaged. So everyone assumed, to get around, he would need some kind of adaptive equipment. And he did use a wheelchair for a while. Until one day, when Kenty set the pooch at the foot of her porch without the wheelchair. And I ran in to go get my cup of coffee, came out, and he was right here where he is right now. And I was like, how is this going on? How did you figure it out? I put him back down there and I grabbed my phone to see what was going on. <laughs> here is the video she recorded. And I was like, oh, we're into something totally. God damn, he looks like a Resident Evil villain. Or you never know. In the six years since, Dexter has become a full-blown celebrity. Dexter. parades and building a legion of social media followers who now come here from across the country just hoping for a glimpse Sweet baby. of most upstanding citizen. Follow him on Instagram. Oh, good. The whole thing takes absurdity to new heights. But to many, no absurdity to new no hides. What are you talking about? In this pile of mail he receives monthly he comes in droves. Are hundreds of He's letters. Still a great boy. Gratitude. I'm recovering from intensive radiation treatments for breast cancer, and you certainly oh. bring joy to my day. Where humans see obstacles. I mean, just often dogs beg to differ. 
Dexter shows us, why aren't you out there writing the book you want to write? Why aren't you out there doing the things you want to do? Because he has. Off he goes. And in doing so, Damn. that sometimes getting knocked I'm gonna down. I'm going to make you proud, Dexter. How tall you stand. Steve Hartman, on the road, in Uray, Colorado. Damn, that was awesome. Yeah, I'm going to be the best me I can be, Dexter. That counts, but how many times you get back up? CBS. Or why? Until one day when Kenty set the pooch at the foot of her porch without the wheelchair. And I ran in to go get my cup of coffee, came out, and he was right here where he is right now. And I was like, how is this going on? How did you figure it out? Here. I put him back okay, down Okay, so if you're watching on Twitch, going you're going to head over to Egoplex Media. Here's the video Here's she the intellectual Dollar Tree. And I was like, oh, we're into something totally different. You never know where I'll be back tomorrow night. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before we hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We'll see you on the Troll Patrol tomorrow night. Just hoping for a glimpse of you.